Are we recording? Are we uh, are we just going to go? Do you have anything to talk about? You're going to talk about this all over again. No. So whenever you want to go. No one wants to hear about my broken AC. Uh, look, man, we aren't here uh, <laughs> to be professionals, all right? Well, this is what we do. We give our daily banter. We're, we're human beings, and people connect with our experiences. Divertov posted that meme on Discord where it's like, musicians are like, is anyone going to yeah. want to listen to my music? And then there's podcasters talking about checking out at the grocery store. That's yeah, what talking about my broken AC is going to be on this show. It is, but that's what 100% all we do. That's all we do. <laughs> Stefan's got like stories about like buying fancy art and being in the games industry. And I'm just like, I I'm in North Carolina and it's hot. And he also has, hold on, guys. Uh, Piper just came in and I've got to go make her mac and cheese. I cut like 90% of that out. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know if people know how much uh, we get interrupted by children on this show. Yeah. Not on I, my end, mind you. I'm doing yeah. my part to keep my kids out of the show. I understand. I'm just, Steph and I are just filthy breeders and uh, we're forcing our, our breeder politics on what? you. Why, why are you forcing your children on me by having them interrupt me when we record once every two weeks? Uh, yeah. Uh, and we will be interrupted again because JD is currently asleep. And when he wakes up, he's going to come find me. All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Uh, Johnny, what's going on? We're not talking about air conditioning. Um. Okay. I mean, that's like your gig. <laughs> My air conditioning is working fine. And I don't want to say it in like a shitty way because uh, one of my my great fears is that it will break as the Southern California heat uh, begins to increase. Anyways, uh, I'm doing fine. How how are you doing, Johnny? I'm hot. Is is how I'm doing. Um, oh, but we're not going to talk about it because no one wants okay. to hear about broken air conditioners. They want to hear about interesting things related to collecting, like perhaps organizing your Lego collection. Oh. That that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear about broken AC, but you're like, hey, Johnny, what have you been up to? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing this really inane, boring task. And you're like, yeah, save it for the show, buddy. Save it for the show where people really want to hear about it. That That's what we're doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I kid. I kid. Um, yeah. So I have been going through my Legos. It's, it's been like this ongoing process of, uh, Organizing the garage in a manner in which I find uh, satisfying. And you know my theory of going down to like single layer buckets for video games. I did that with all the Legos too. I want to be able to see and get everything. And then, you know, so I want to know what sets I have. With my new sets, I've been very good about it. Like, oh, this is this set. I build it. I put it in the bag. I label the bag. Um, but I had a bunch of like when I was out there in the wild buying lots and stuff from kids and you know, so I was, I've been separating that, organizing that. And then I wanted to know all the Star Wars minifigures I have, because I know every Harry Potter minifigure I have, but we also have a lot of Star Wars ones. And I decided, well, I'm not displaying the Star Wars ones, so there's no good way to keep them. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to individually bag each one. And then I'm going to write their, they have a number, a minifigure ID number, and then their set number. So I know what, what came from everything. And then I'm going to bag them by set. And then I'm going to be able to, all the sets are in boxes and all those boxes are labeled. So by having the set number and then logging them into a spreadsheet, then I can cross reference and find out which box they're supposed to be in. And then I can look at the greater list of Star Wars minifigures and find out what sets I don't have 
by doing a comparison lookup and then same with the minifigures. So I, I'm architecting this way to find out all the Star Wars stuff I have and also do not have. And if I want all of the minifigures, which I don't, but I would like one of each character. Now, now I can now I can find out how to do that and I'll know everything that I have and where it lives. So this is both a manual like sorting and organizing task and then also an Excel task, um, which is like, all these things are right in my wheelhouse. This is 100% what I'm doing. My wife is like, are you enjoying this? I'm like, I am enjoying this, though it's tedious. I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I'm I'm, I'm going to super enjoy it when it's done. So to be clear, you are, are you putting each individual minifigure in like a little meth drug baggie? And then yes. you're putting those into like a bigger Ziploc bag? Yeah. So my, there's, why are there so many bags is what I'm trying to ask here. Okay, well, yeah, so each minifigure goes in a bag, and then all the minifigures from a set go into a bag. And then all the set, all all of those minifigures that uh, are from all those sets, right? So that I've got a group of like 10 bags go in another bag that corresponds to a box that their sets are in. Because I don't want, Legos are sharp and like, you know, grindy and like slide around. So basically what'll happen is the minifigures, they'll get like rubbed and like, They'll just get damaged. So I'm just like putting them through layers of protection so they will not be damaged because, uh, I don't know. I've got a mental disease, I guess. I don't <laughs> What What's but, the end goal? Are you going to be setting up some dioramas or, uh, you're nope. just going to have boxes of minifigures, but well, boxes of minifigures and boxes of sets that correspond to each other. No. So the, the end goal is this, um, I'll know all the sets I have and, uh, as my son gets a little older and stuff, he like we already started building like the four plus Lego sets and we do Duplo and stuff. Uh, and my wife and I still like to build Legos. I can say, oh, what kind of set do you want to build to him? Like, what ship do you want to build? Like, my my goal is like, hopefully he'll be into Star Wars and be like, oh, what, like what kind of ship do you want to build? Or Harry Potter, and it's like, oh, I want to build this kind of set and be like, okay, it's in this this bucket in the garage or bin. Let's go get it. Let's build. Like, uh, so I, I just know, uh, where everything is. Or if I get a hankering to build, I can be like, oh, I feel like building a Millennium Falcon today. Uh, it's in this box. Let's do it. So you're going to build the set, the Millennium Falcon. You're not going to like try to build your own Millennium Falcon. Are you that cool of a dad where you could just build a Millennium Falcon out of pieces you have? No, you're not. not. You're too organized to do that. What am I talking about, Johnny? Yeah. You're not going to be mixing up those precious, unique Star Wars pieces. No, they all stay in their individual bags, though I do have a bunch of sets. Like, that's one of the things, because I've bought all these lots, and some of them, like, they were just, like, kid Legos, so, like, there was some minifigures on top, and then there was, like, just a bucket of Legos. So I have a giant bucket, like a bin, I don't know, probably 70 pounds of Lego uh, that are just completely unsorted. And just like they're probably sets in there, but in my mind, I don't own those sets because they're in this this trough yeah. of Legos. And uh, look, I I do have color sorted bins of a bunch of Legos, like a whole shelfful. Like here's all my trans clear pieces. Here's all my grays. It's like uh, I I've never found the right way to sort Lego um, because I'm not sitting in like a workroom, like a Lego room building all the time uh so for me it's like oh, i just want to know what color part i'm missing but really it should be down to like okay here's my plates here's my slopes uh here's my little cheese wedges here, here's here's my bricks 
and then by color. Like it should either be all by type, like probably type of part is better than even color because if you're building, you can live with a piece that maybe isn't the right color because you can just replace that later. But, uh, you know, when you need a part to complete a build, you just need a part. Uh, having the right color is something you can identify and then fix. The way I have it, you'd just be like, well, I don't have that piece. Let me open another color bin. It would just be worse. It would be worse for building um, if you were into that kind of thing. I th- but I, I I do freehand build stuff. It's not that I don't. Um, I do make my own. They're called mocks. I, I do make yeah. a mock from time to time, but not very often, especially not lately. I tried to get into that maybe 12 years ago. Um, I would go a lot to the Lego store and get those those bulk cups and just try to see what I could build out of them. But, you know, after like a few trips, like organizing that stuff, if you don't have a room dedicated to Lego organization, it's impossible. There are too many no. things. There are too many different kinds of pieces to organize. And then you like uh, you go on YouTube or whatever and look at like actual Lego people. And it's it's like. A mad scientist's warehouse of every piece. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, I need I need this. Let me go up to uh, section G, row 57, uh, bin 126. And then they have the, the one by three clear pieces, which is what they needed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like walking out into a dad garage and they've got like a giant wall of screws and they know exactly what screw then. And they're like, oh, it's over here in this little little cup. I mean, uh, I that's... I do electronics, and I have plenty of screws. Of all, oh, I've got wood screws, I got machine screws, I've got all different sizes. Doesn't even come close to the amount of Legos that I could. No, no, I, I'm talking like the super dad garages where they have a wall full of the, just those little bins, and they're just like it's like here's all these washers, here's all these screws, here's all these tiny components. That, but that's what Lego is. It's all tiny components, and it's it's the work of madness. I realized it wasn't for me. Um, as well. I, I didn't do my cup because I was out there buying sets. So I just had all these loose pieces. I was like, all right. And like, it got to a point where I even, um, you know, was like buying my own pieces and stuff to, to do some of my mocks. I'm like, oh, I know I need some of these, some of these plates. So I'm going to go buy them. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't, this is not this. I would write, I'm happier just building a little set and being like, all right, that's done. And if I want to build onto it, Sure. But like, I want to return it back to its purpose, its original form. Yeah, I feel really bad, like buying a set and then just using pieces and like, because once you break that set up, it's never going to go back together. And I just feel so bad doing that. But the the mock people, they're like, oh, this set has the rare one by two teal pieces. That color's so rare. They're going to be like, I'm going to buy five of those sets just to load up on those teal pieces. And doing that just seems crazy to me. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean. They're all about that life, and yeah. that is not. And I like the minifigures. And there's a lot of people who just buy the box, cut out the minifigures, and then they're like, "Who cares about building the set?" And I'm like the weird in between. I'm like, I like to build the set, and I like to have the minifigures. I get, <laughs> I get the minifigures. Minifigures seem inherently collectible. They're really cool. They're like a better, a better version of Funko Pop in every single way. Yeah, because exactly. they look cooler. They're way smaller, and they're, and they're uh, not yep. ugly. Uh, <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah the it, people who get excited over like rare bricks and rare colors, whew, that is a, yeah. that's a crazy life. Minifigure collecting is crazy, by the way. Uh, like I've been looking this up and I'm just like, wow, 
uh, I've also been looking up the prices because I have like no idea what this stuff is worth. I'm like, I know some minifigures get expensive, but I'm like, oh, that figure is two hundred and fifty dollars. Huh? He was just sitting on in a pile. Maybe I should do a better job of taking care of this are thing, like, which is two hundred fifty dollars. Are there like Lego Star Wars figures that are worth like a lot of money? Because how long has Lego Star Wars been around? The nineties. Uh, t- well, 1999 is Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and that's really the beginning of licensed properties. So the first two licensed properties were, hey, Lego Harry Potter and uh, Lego Star Wars. Those are the first two. Star Wars f- being first. Wow, Lego uh, really has their shit sorted out, huh? Well, I mean, it's funny because they got those two licensed properties and then they were like almost in the middle of bankruptcy in like the early 2000s, like 2001, 2002, when they got these properties. So it's crazy to think that Lego almost went bankrupt. And, you know, there's a lot of people who still hate all the licensed sets, but licensed sets are what saved Lego. I mean, I can't even imagine Lego without Lego Star Wars. I I know. A lot of people, their whole life has just been Lego with licensed properties, especially Lego Star Wars. Um, Lego Harry Potter went away for a long time and then, like, has come back in spurts and is currently on a run where it's back, but... It may go away, but Star Wars is the ever-present, all-consuming, forever franchise, the evergreen, uh, you know, Star Wars always is, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, so, yeah. There are 842 Lego Star Wars sets, but I imagine some of those are like stupid little baggy sets, because I I remember getting some really minor Lego sets. Well, and some some things that are considered sets, like... If you look at an advent calendar, the advent calendar is a set, right? But sometimes the individual builds in there are also considered sets. Like, oh, that's 74021-3. And sometimes sets have like like a dash component, which means it's like either part or a variant of the same set. Lego has some like dumb stuff. Like there's um, a Kanan figure from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he came in the ghost. If you don't know what the ghost is, it's the ship they fly around in in Rebels. Uh, he's got brown hair, uh, but there was one version of that ship they they just produced for, uh, I don't know, a couple months or whatever, where Kanan came accidentally with black hair and had a printed black goatee. So now that guy's worth like $500. And now they consider that a separate set because it had that piece in it. But I mean, it's the ghost set with a dash. Uh, and then the new one, the regular one now is like a dash two. You're just like, okay. I mean, your collection's not complete without that. Are you got are you really gonna say that you're a Star Wars fan if you don't have the Lego Star Wars variant sets? Yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, especially uh, there's a couple instances of this and the minifigure goes crazy. There's one though where a set they took out, they just removed a minifigure from it and replaced it with another one. And that one where they removed it, it's his name is Finch Dallow, and he's from the uh, Republic Bomber. Uh, or the resistance bomber from you know um, the last Jedi. Everyone, oh, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't sets. have to explain who Finch yeah. Dallow is to me. Uh, yeah, I mean. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody knows who Finch Dallow is. Uh, anyways, that figure is not in the set, and like he was for a little while, and then most of the sets were produced without him. So that figure is just like eight hundred dollars for reasons. Uh, do they do that on purpose? Are they like a little bit Nintendo? Like we're gonna try to cause a panic. I don't know. Uh, people accuse that like if I I try not to go too deep into the Lego collecting communities, like I I'm just I'm not there for that. I'm not there to be part of the, like their weird, uh, you know, like let let's let's be the insular group that hates Lego while massively consuming Lego because there definitely is that group. 
and it's just, I mean, we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit. What was it last episode where we were just talking about, uh, you know, how fandoms just love to hate the thing that they're supposed to love and then join like, a limited back- run games group. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, they just go like back in the day, we just stopped watching something if we didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and now uh, you join a forum and a group and you all complain together and then you bitch very loudly on the internet, which is uh, this weird, horrible thing that makes everything terrible. Like, uh, we'll get political here for a second. Hey, uh, there's some people out there who like that Obi-Wan show, but if you go on the internet, you'll be told you're a fucking idiot uh, right to your face for liking it. And here's how Kathleen Kennedy is raping your childhood. And then we'll use words like that, which is just like, wow, that's a really inconsiderate use of that word. And, uh, also your childhood is still your childhood and it's, it's fine. Um, like you can separate it from that, but that's not what they'll tell you. Um, yeah. You're just like, man, what do you guys actually like about star Wars? I, I we went into this there. They, uh, and I don't want spoilers, but there was episode three of Obi-Wan shows, uh, Darth Vader. Sorry guys. Spoilers. You'll have to put up a spoiler. one. Oh, uh, but it shows, shows Darth Vader and people were very unhappy with they were like boring, boring not good enough you're just like i mean what what did you want from dark like he did all the darth vader things he did all the darth vader things they're like that wasn't good enough you're just like okay i mean like what did he do in a new hope okay in the inception of darth vader where darth vader was cool what did he do uh, he walked down the that hallway in the thing he choked a guy oh he did he choke seen, a guy he chokes a guy um, and then, you know, gets bitched at by some, some officers. And then he threatens and chokes one of them. He yells at a girl and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he walks around menacingly. He, uh, beats up an old man and then he, he gets punked by Han Solo. He lo- he's supposed to be a great pilot, get, but gets punked by the Millennium Falcon. That's really it for Darth Vader. Like he doesn't have a lot of screen time. He doesn't do a lot. And they're like, he needed to be more intimidating. I'm like, he literally does almost like literally all the things that happened in the new hope almost all happen in this tiny, like 45 minute episode. Darth Vader has some cool lines, but all this other stuff happens as well. There's some choking. There's some intimidation. There's some beating up of, of, uh, of, of Ben Kenobi. Like what what did you guys want? And this is exactly what he was predicated on. He did almost all the things he did in New Hope, and they're like, "This is so dumb. This isn't how Darth Vader is." And you're like, "Okay, I like." I mean, we got a show with Darth Vader walking around, getting to do Darth Vader things. Something from my childhood, I never thought they would ever ever never ever ever do like you just like you always hoped you talked about it you like read really poorly written novels to get little pieces of just like flashbacks and even in the expanded universe back in the day they didn't touch that because that was the past and you weren't allowed to talk about Darth Vader's past so there was always this black hole like what did he do the prequels came out right and then you're like okay that's fine but what did he do when he was Darth Vader you get I mean we see him cut down some younglings and then there's just this void between that and the new hope where he goes and decimates all the Jedi and is the baddest dude in the whole galaxy. And we don't ever get to see it. We don't ever get to see it. And now you're finally getting little snippets of it. And people are like, I hate it. It's like, man, we guys shut up. I just need them. I need you all to love Darth Vader enough. So I get a Darth Vader series. Just like, how are you going to sit there 
then these are like a lot of them are prequel fans and it's like you love the prequels you're okay with the shit that happened in episode one you're okay with the episode one but like this is what's stupid to you that was george's vision though johnny i only uh i only subscribe to george's vision not this modern disney bullshit yeah i i mean i do i don't understand like like people are like you'll see some people like i don't know what this disconnect is like it's this systematic grossness that's just in the whole world. There's a group that are like, oh, it's really cinematic and beautiful. And then there's a whole group who will tell you it's not cinematic at all. And the writing is terrible. And then other people are like the writing is great. You're just like, I don't understand how the divide is this wide between these two groups. And then of course the internet is the internet. So you have all these shit sites who uh, like, I think the world has forgotten that uh, negative stuff gets way more clicks than positive stuff. So they're like, Obi-Wan is a disaster. Worst show ever. And you're just like, uh, like, that's how they get their clicks. So, of course, you see more of those reviews. But if you look at, like, the general aggregate, it's, like, more split. And you're like, okay, man, the Internet's awful. Uh, it's, like, so useful and great and then also so terrible at the same time. Anyways, uh you had me talk about this and now you should cut all of it. Cause nobody gives a shit about all of this. That's hundred percent true. Yeah, I wish I could react. I, I haven't seen a uh, Obi-Wan thing yet. Go watch Obi-Wan. It's uh, I'm finding it entertaining, but don't go on to the channel in our discord. It has spoilers. Oh, uh, you already said Darth Vader shows up. So yeah, well, way, I mean, way to ruin the they, show. They did announce that in like all the pre-media that, you know, like Hayden Christian is out there. Like, advertising for the show so that's the guy who played anakin and eventually darth vader you know if you don't know now you do johnny uh one more breaking news update uh before we get into the real show gixon is upping its prices inflation comes to ebay collectors johnny i don't even know if you're subscribed to gixon i i don't what is Gixon? Uh, it's a uh, oh right. You do manual sniping. You literally sit there and press the bid button at the last second, right? Yes. Uh, Gixon is uh is an auction sniping service that will just do that for you. And I'm pretty sure up to a certain point, it's free. Uh, I've been it, this website has been around for almost 20 years, um, and it's run by one guy. And like, if you look at his statistics, there's like tens of thousands of sports cards and magic cards and video game people that use this website. It costs $6.53 a year, and due to inflation and rising operating costs, he's going to have to raise that by 10%. So Gixon is soon going to cost around $7 a year, John. Oh, shit. I know. It's getting ridiculous out there. This website has probably saved me thousands of dollars. Are, are there people out there complaining about this price increase? There's a forum thread on it. I can't imagine anyone is uh, complaining about this. Also, if you're auto-renewed, it, you get to keep the old price anyway. No, um, Jesus. Come on. Come I, on. This website is so cheap. If you're not subscribed to Gixon and you snipe auctions, man, you guys should be using Gixon. It has never failed me. Um, it's got redundancy. So there's like a server in Chicago and a server in Miami, I think. So if one goes down, then... Uh, I hope this guy is just like a millionaire too. And like, it doesn't matter because he just has so many subscribers. He just makes so much money so we can just keep this model. That, uh, I mean, that would be pretty sweet. 
because I mean, it is a very reasonable service. There are two times I've been a subscriber for maybe 10 years. There are two times I got an email that both servers, both the regular server and the backup server were down at the same time for some reason. And when that happens, I go to uh, auctions ending soon. And I'm like, maybe I can get stuff cheap because everyone's snipes are going to fail right now. Uh, but I don't think I ever found anything. <laughs> Anyway, that's hilarious. That's uh, hilarious. That was uh, that is a uh, that was an aspect I really enjoy about collecting is going and and hunting for deals uh, when the sniper sights are down, Johnny. Oh, that so <laughs> that's weird. You you mean in collecting you do things that you enjoy? I you know it's not just like a compulsion that like drives my life forward to no end. Huh? That's weird because everything I do is just based on compulsion. It's just an irrational compulsion, and I'm just. Uh, you know, like a rat in a cage, just constantly running. I mean, you're joking, but like I go in and out of like, is my life in shambles and I'm a rat running on a wheel that's never going to reach its goal? Uh, or am I like having fun and finding new things and uh, and getting deals? So, uh, yeah. And uh, for all those who are wondering what that big, long, long rambling bullshit about the Legos was, uh, we're, we're talking about how to enjoy collecting and, and what... What what are things you can do to help you enjoy collecting? And um, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's best to look outside of your main hobby and find other things in the way you interact with it, so you can remember what it is about your main hobby that you like. We we have some tips here, and that's what we're going to cover in this episode. Yeah, right, Tyler. Yeah, how to how to enjoy collecting more, Johnny. Um, a- aside from like, I got a sweet deal on an expensive game. Yeah, because a lot of the dopamine of collecting comes from hitting that buy it now button or getting that huge bid in and winning an auction over the sucker who didn't bid enough. And while that is fantastic, uh, there are a lot of ways to enjoy collecting more without just spending more money. And eBay totally plays into that, too. Like, they tell you, like, you were victorious. They use all these kind of words to, like, keep stoking that flame, right? Like, oh, you beat, like... You know, they, they send you these last minute, you're losing, like, you know, not you're not that you're the underbidder right now. You're losing, you're losing this auction. Congrats. You were victorious. Like I get like these, just these emails that make me feel like some champion for winning a, an auction. You're like, huh? Okay. I mean, That's weird. It's like a slot machine. And then when you don't win, do they send you like a condolence thing? I forgot what it says uh, when you don't win. Oh, I'm sorry. It didn't work <laughs> out. You get that. Like, oh, it's like your pet just died, but eBay is sending you a message about it. Um, Yeah. Johnny, we got a... Uh, the first thing we got is find a niche and go hard. Uh, you put this yeah. down. Is going hard a way to enjoy collecting more, Johnny? Yeah, yes. And I mean, within context, right? Like, so I, I was not this. I didn't put this stuff in order. Um, oh, okay. Like th- this is, it wasn't like, hey, this, this is just your brainstorm. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, but what I mean by that, so if you are in the middle of collecting and you're like, if you're a set collector, like you can get weighed down or like you're in a super investment, you can find dumb little niches in the hobby, right? Where no one cares. Tyler does it all the time. It used to be Japanese games. Now people care. And uh, Tyler's sad. Uh, Me, like right now, it's movie ticket variants or whatever kind of dumb variant. You can just like pick that thing that nobody cares about. If you just need to scratch the collecting itch, uh, you know, if you need to fulfill collecting, like the enjoyment that that you know normal collecting brings you when you're like going hard uh, and eBay is like, 
getting your dopamine hit and you're winning auctions against suckers, all the stuff that Tyler just talked about. If you find something that no one cares about, you can just go at that. You can go hard. No one cares. And you're, and you're like snapping up auctions and you're getting $10 games still. And you're like, yeah, look at me. I'm doing it. So for me right now, it's movie ticket variants. I mean, to be fair, I have loved movie ticket variants for a very long time. If you've been listening to this show, you, you know, this is something I like right now. I'm just going hard at the PS2 ones. Because they're attached to a bunch of shitty games that no one cares about. Like the hardest part, and and it does some other rewards for me, uh, things that I like in the hobby. But I actually have to like take my time, look at each auction. It's not just finding the right buy now. It's like, okay, is the movie ticket in there or isn't it? You have to like, you have to interact with it. You have to put more effort into it. But you can just go there and uh, like I'm, even though I'm having to put this effort in, the games are like eight dollars. It's weird that no one gives a shit about Over the Hedge, uh, a movie, fr- an animated movie from like the uh, the early two thousands. Oh, that's weird. No one, no one cares about that. Yeah, so you can get it for eight dollars, and it's on like three different systems. It's actually kind of rare on the GBA. I don't know. Everything on the GBA is a fucking mystery, but. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can just go hard at this and like pick up your PS2 movie tickets for like eight bucks. You're like, yeah, look at me, I'm doing it every day. I can win an auction if I want to, and uh, you know you'll get that that sense of reward and accomplishment that you would if you were going hard at like whatever your main focus is. Sure, I think it's important to pick something that you're actually interested in because there are a yes. uh, hundred things that you could buy just because no one's buying them or just because you think it's a good deal. Um, but that that kind of rabbit hole never ends. I would say, you know, I would say focus on what you want over speculating on things like this. Like, yes, potentially movie ticket games will go from eight dollars to twenty five dollars one day. But if you don't care about having the movie ticket games, then the you know, digging through eBay and hunting down those auctions is not going to be a rewarding experience yeah. just because you get a few bucks every time you, uh, you potentially get a few bucks every time you find a good deal. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent point. I love, I love movies and I love, I think movie ticket variants are very cool. Like I just think they're cool. So, uh, this isn't, it's not just a value proposition for me. You have to, it has to be something you like as Tyler said. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know a guy who goes hard on uh, Nintendo power, original artwork. That's a pretty cool niche. Uh, I hear it's pretty competitive, and people think he's hoarding all the good stuff for himself. Uh, but, no, uh, I have another guy I know who uh, who collects Tetris games, and not just like not like sealed Game Boy and NES Tetris. I'm getting all the best Tetrises, but like Faces Tris Three and Word Tris, and like every like little knockoff of Tetris or somewhat related game. Because if you go down just like just Spectrum Holobyte Tetris, which was the the first computer Tetris released in. Uh, uh, North America, there's there's all these different variants. There's like sticker variants. It's like sold over two hundred fifty thousand. There's a Commodore version. There's an Atari version. There's a DOS version. Uh, there's variants within those. And like you might get the hardcore PC guys, and and they'll know like, oh yeah, this this DOS version was the first North American release of Tetris, and uh, maybe this one's the rarest or something. But if you're the guy, you're just the Tetris guy, and you go through every Tetris auction listing. You're going to know so much more about variants and what's rare and when like something shows up and you've been doing this for a year and a half and you see something new that no one's ever seen before. It might just be like a $16.99 buy it now. And it's like, I'm the Tetris guy and I've never seen this before. So I know this is interesting. And someone put a bad buy it now. And I love that. I have uh, 
I've got like 200 save searches that I, I have going on and they don't get hits all the time. A lot of them are for real obscure stuff. But when I get a, a save search hit for something, um, let me go. What was something that I, I found pretty recently? Oh, I've got a, an Ultima save search. Uh, and so just the other day, an Ultima 5 came up that was signed by Lord British, but it wasn't just like a signed copy of Ultima 5. It was signed and dated from uh, the month that Ultima 5 was released. So I think it's either something special or it was like a pre-order version, but it's something I've definitely never seen before. And I know it was super cool because it was a $300 buy it now and it sold in less than a day. So, you know, maybe I should have bought it. Maybe it was some super rare special version. Uh, but I've never seen that before. And I thought that was uh, super cool. And now, because I'm I'm digging through this crap every day, I have a little bit of a little nugget of knowledge. I'm never going to get that cheap, but now I can go. If I wanted to, now I could go through every copy of Ultima 5 and see if someone missed a signature. <laughs> you could. I mean, but that... And we're touching on a part that I, I think you and I both enjoy. Um, it's kind of like the an underbelly to this. If you collect video games and you also enjoy researching and learning, like if it's not just about buying the game, but if you enjoy knowing things about the games and about the sets you're buying for or whatever the collection is, if you if you go hard at a, a niche, right, you start to learn. Like I am, I'm someone who enjoys learning. So when I get to learn all about this stuff, like you guys know, I've gone hard at the Harry Potter games. I've researched into all the stupid. Uh, you know, all the language codes on all the printed material for all the games uh, overseas, uh, you know, PAL and Japanese territories in the U.S., all the dumb U.S. variants down to like what the Canadian variants look like. And I I've learned a lot. So one, I like Harry Potter. Two, I like learning. And I just kind of, those things happen together. Uh, and then when you go at a niche and you get to be kind of a subject matter expert, you, you incorporate that learning, which is a big part of what I enjoy about collecting. So every time I do that, it's not just going in the niche, but I also get to like, I get this like dopamine hit from learning and, and knowing something uh, about, about things too. So that's for me, a lot of this, the under context is I enjoy learning. So uh, if you just like, I hate learning, I just want the games. I want to spend that money. Get out of here with your books, Johnny. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't know how to help you. I mean, that could be a whole thing on itself. Like you don't have to buy things to enjoy video games as a collectible. Like I, I get plenty out of literally just going through eBay, documenting stuff without buying it. Just like I, I spent the the most recent complete rabbit hole I went down was Mist. You know, I documented like twenty five different versions of Mist. Um, and I, I've, I've only got like a few. Uh, I'm not going to buy every version of Mist, but. Uh, Super fun thing to do without having to spend money. And I think we talk about that a lot. So people know. Do. We do. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, yeah. So here's uh, here's another tip for you guys. This is something I do. I used to do it more often. Take a break. Um, no, I mean it. Seriously. Go take a break. Stop buying games for a minute. Johnny, the, game, the, the prices are going to go up forever. I'm never going to get know, what I want. I know. I know. But it, they're going to be here. I promise. They'll be back. When you're ready and like, not everything is always going to be in a meteoric climb, right? You like, this is fooling you and it's taking your money and it's making you buy bad purchases and it's stressing you out and it's causing you undue harm. You don't need this. 
It's fine. Like maybe you'll pay $10 more. Maybe you'll pay 10%. But guess what? During that period in which you take a break, you'll have saved some money. So like, think of it this way. Take a break for three months and then look at whatever your monthly budget for games was. Save that and then come back and reward yourself when you come back and buy something really cool with that three months of saved budget. Or save three months worth of video game money and go on a small vacation. Uh, go to a hotel for a night with your lady or 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 man or whatever it is, uh, your partner. Just go do that. Just, you know, but seriously, take a break. It's nice to just take a break uh, and, you know, decompress. Don't let, like, you. people get caught up. And I people are more caught up than they even realize they are. Until they are faced with the idea of actually taking a break. So if if you think about removing yourself from the hobby for a minute, and that causes you some stress, that's telling you everything you need to know about that situation. Right? So just leave. Leave for a minute. Go do something else. Also, have another hobby. Like, yes, that doesn't mean have another money hobby, but just have something else that you also enjoy. It's weird. Uh, because if you collect video games, you kind of have this sub hobby that maybe you're not even realizing. But you could go play those games for a minute. Just sometimes what? take a break from the buying and go do some of the playing. Look, and I'm not one of those people like you gotta play your no, games. I'm gonna what play them all doing? when I'm retired, Johnny. Yeah, I'm just stockpiling I'm, them until I'm retired, so I have time. Yeah, uh, this is this isn't collecting, buddy. This is my backlog. Okay, I'm gonna get to all these. I'm going to get to all 10,000 of them eventually. I just, would never buy a wait. game I don't want to play. Yo, oh, look at you. Just keeping it from the real gamers, putting it on your shelf. Fuck off. Uh, first. Secondly, yeah, just take, go take a break. Go just take a break. Go play your games. They're, they're, games are still fun. I don't know. Like, sometimes you get wrapped up in, like, the craziness of the hobby. You're like, oh, yeah, games are fun. Right now, I'm literally, <laughs> along with my, I, you know, I, I love a theme, right? So, uh, this was all born around like, oh, like Lego Star Wars came out and I got me thinking about Lego Star Wars. So I've been playing the Lego Star Wars game, which I guess I should say for what are you buying? What are you playing? Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that and like doing the Lego collection. I'm like, oh, look at me integrating my hobbies, just doing this other thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with buying. Cause I haven't bought a ton of video games. I bought other stuff, but, um, I'm entertaining a different hobby at the moment. Sure. And uh, so I don't know how much, uh, like, I'm not going to, like, take a break is some pretty generic advice that everyone would say. I don't know that I take breaks very often. The The main break since I've become, like, a pretty serious video game collector is maybe about 10 years ago when I got super into competitive pinball and restoring pinball machines. I took a few years, like, pausing video game collection to get way into that instead. Um, what I do now more often is there are periods like... Uh, I've been down, especially the last like really crazy time I remember was when I was finishing my Sega Genesis set because I was both, uh, you know, I'm buying lots of games because it's a set. And then I'm also finding interesting variants just in the process. And I'm like, oh, I need I need the target poster version of NBA Jam. And just like I find all these stupid little things that I need. Uh, and, you know, I'm going super hard and it's Sega Genesis. And it was a few years ago. So like the prices are pretty low. So it's easy to get wrapped up and just be buying stuff every day all the time. But like right now. I'm not I'm not taking a break, but I'm not in like crazy buy everything mode like, oh, there's all these Famicom games I want. I better just like constantly look if I can get a deal on them every single day. Um, so I'm not going crazy through things. And what I do is I've got uh, I've got all my fancy save searches and a lot of them are just things that never get hits. So 
I'm not taking a break, but I'm only looking for the stuff that like just never shows up. Like I'm not gonna if uh what's uh what's something I want? Johnny, let's let's give away something I want. Okay. Fra- <laughs> oh, here's this is a perfect one. Fracas for Apple II. It's a super rare game. It's one of the games that was bootlegged in uh a story that made it around the world. It was on like NPR. There was a guy uh Enrico something from Italy in the big box PC gaming group on Facebook has been making bootleg Apple, like bootleg baggy computer games for years. Uh, Like super rare games, some games that aren't even dumped without like some crack nonsense in it. So he still has the originals of all these crazy rare, almost one of a kind games. And he sold bootleg copies of them. Uh, And it become like this huge story. It's on Ars Technica, Kotaku. I can't believe someone, uh, someone in our discord heard it on NPR. Anyway, one of the games he bootlegged was Fracas, which is an Apple II RPG. Um, I've got a save search for this. I don't. I think it's literally never gotten a hit. But I'm gonna keep monitoring that, even when I'm quote unquote taking a break. Because yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that because I, I need to. If that comes up, I can't be taking a break, Johnny. Is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and I, look, you said you like a couple years. I'm not suggesting like take go away for a few oh, years oh, yeah, I, I said yeah, yeah. months like just take a break for a few months just give your like some people calling say like i gotta let my wallet recover yeah do that let it recover whatever it is but also give, just give yourself i i like fine i i agree like some things if you have like a weird safe search like maintain your safe searches i'm not saying turn that off um but you know taking a mental break and just disconnecting from the hobby for a while it is good for you, especially in in a high to- a time of high toxicity. Right, um, removing yourself from the situation from a little bit can be a relief. I used to do it every year, like I would go hard until like February, and then from February until like the summer, I would just take a like this kind of break, like a I would take a quarter off essentially. Not so like uh you know coming in at the uh, end of end of winter beginning of spring i just like kind of take spring off until we got to the beginning of summer that's what i used to do now it's uh now it depends whenever i need to take a break i I do now your suggestion is also a good one if you're taking a break like also maybe don't buy anything as like another one that could be don't buy anything just stop buying things unless it's on your safe search like don't don't be spending time on ebay unless it is a safe search hit do not entertain it like, don't troll eBay, only interact with your safe searches. And I, I think once you do that for like a week or how, like, I don't know if you're like, if you're me and you, we probably buy stuff like almost every day. Um, but like, if you're taking yes. a couple weeks off, it probably gets easier once you're like, oh, I don't have to constantly just be buying garbage all the time. Yeah. Like, eh, I mean, part of that is to. Like if your mail person is one of your favorite people uh, or mail time is one of your favorite times of day, I understand and I sympathize, but also maybe you don't need a package at your door every day. Uh, Johnny, in the past month, one, two, three, four, five, I've made six eBay purchases and you know how much shit I buy that, on eBay. That is, that's that like, is that's like a day that that's, <laughs> that's, that's usually like a day's worth of purchases sometimes. Yeah, I'm i I'm doing good. Man, I like, yeah, sometimes like, I'm like, wow, I went, there was like three days and I haven't got a package. Also, I, I need to tell people about the post office app that they should be using. Remind me to talk about it at the end of the show. Uh, okay. Definitely can't talk about it now. I mean, well, I want to get through our list here because we, we got right, a lot right. of stuff on here. 
So um, another thing you can do and this is kind of in that in that uh, same vein. If you're experiencing a lull, because that's totally normal, it happens. People are just like, oh, I'm not into the hobby. I'm feeling the weight of it. I don't want to do it. Have a backup to whatever your main collecting is. And I'm not saying like a new hobby, though that is also a good thing to go entertain. But if you're like hardcore NES guy, you're like, uh, I have to always be buying NES games and I can't find any good deals on them videotapes right now because uh, the world wants to get them all graded and they make the money. If that's all you do, then you just need to move away and like go take a break. But if you also like, say, like Master System or something because you're just loving that 8-bit era, then just go go look at that for a little while. I, I know the temptation is like, oh, prices are always going to go up, always going to go up. But sometimes you just need to like go scratch a different itch for a minute. Just go like sometimes you just need a win, you know, which is weird to say. But you're like, okay, I can't find any deals here. I feel like there are no deals. If you do collect games over many different systems, just go look, go look at a different system for a little while. Don't hyper focus on one. Go look at at the other one. All right. I mean, no one collects Master Systems, so that was a weird example. But no, uh, it wasn't because it was eight point. bit. To, it was eight <laughs> bit to eight bit. It was like, <laughs> hey, if you're the eight bit guy. I mean, I know that that is correct, but. Just the concept of Sega Master System being an alternative to NES, even though they're literally contemporary competitors, is just so ridiculous to me. I don't know I why. Mean, you, I mean, you say someone, that, but the, the rest I, of the world doesn't feel that way. I, the, I, yes, the rest of the world doesn't feel that way. Uh, but I saw someone uh, recently on Instagram. They were uh, It was a, a sealed guy. He was looking for a, a Sega Genesis outrun, and he got the Master System outrun as like uh, an alternative because he couldn't find what he really wanted. And I just think it's so funny that like Master System, the rarer Sega console, is like the backup to Sega Genesis because it's just Master System, whatever. Anyway, I uh, I'm sure we uh, got like, we got like three Master System people that are that are upset yeah. About me there, there, there's system. a bunch of people in Brazil who are like you assholes. Uh, I mean, obviously, Brazil, I mean, it's way, they got way more games. They know way more about the Sega Master System than I do with my five Alex Kidd games and fucking uh, Gangster Town, like, and Ghost House. Just saying, like, uh, Brazil is a huge country. Like, I I think people don't realize how big Brazil is. I think, uh, (laughs) I don't want to say most people realize how big Brazil is. I think, I think a lot of Americans do not realize how big Brazil is. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm I'm telling, like, if you, and I know this is true, because if you ask, like, if you've seen some like these polls, like ask on the street, like, what are the biggest countries? Like Brazil doesn't get mentioned uh, when it should get mentioned. But yeah, like I, but they also people don't realize how big it was in regards to Sega as well. So I'm not just saying like the size of the country, but that as well, but also how big Sega was in Brazil. All right. I, I didn't mean to trash master system too much. I do want to get some more master system games. Um, Especially I need to talk stuff to from Brazil. No, uh, no, I just go I, get all the hard to find stuff. No, uh, this is all the tech toy stuff. <laughs> this is the, the rabbit hole. I don't want to go down because then I start collecting everything and I'm, I'm really doing good at not collecting everything recently. Uh, but okay. I do have like, you know, like some Mortal Kombat games. Like, Did Mortal Kombat 3 come out on Master System? I think I have that. Just because it's so ridiculous that Mortal Kombat 3 is on Sega Master System. And get your Sonic 2, your Sonic 2 on the Master System. But that's just the Game Gear version, right? 
I'm pretty sure I have that too. Doesn't matter, but the idea that there's a Sonic 2 on the Master System is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and yes, Mortal Kombat 3 is on the Master System. I also got Ninja Gaiden, that's its whole own thing. Anyway. Uh all right. Johnny, I think the the next one is a really important one. Uh don't fall down the Instagram rabbit hole. Stop comparing your collection to others. Your collection is great. You're working on it. It's not done. And if you've been collecting for three years, stop comparing your collection to someone who's been collecting since 1992. Because those people with those walls, that 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 picture of Nintendo Twizer's collection that's that's like world famous with all the Nintendo cartridges on a wall. That guy was collecting all that in like the early 2000s when all that stuff was a dollar each and he had years to build it up and it's a completely different time and whoever has a bigger collection than you just tell yourself they're not enjoying their games as much as you because they're just buying a bunch of garbage, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, that people will take that all the time. If you are just now getting into collecting and you're like, I have... 12 games and they were all super expensive and then you look at somebody's collection and i'll just use myself as an example because i'm a fine idiot to compare yourself to you're like oh my god that guy's got a wall of all how it's like because i started in 2004 dude i like i wouldn't i wouldn't have this if i started collecting this year also you'd be amazed at how well uh people are at amassing things if you've ever moved any time in your life you go holy shit how did i get all this stuff now imagine in your life that you've been hyper focused on one thing like video games and buying it on a regular basis not just the random accumulation of crap but the the all out pursuit of and then look at what you have in 10 years so don't don't collect for a year and then go oh my god I'll never have all this stuff go go look at yourself in 10 years not not now Th- this is not the right time to to do that and like in- enjoy what you have it- it's fine you're doing great you're great okay I don't know who he needs here. Your collection is fine. Your collection is great. You're doing a good job. Don't worry about these people who've been doing it f- for a long time. Like you are fine in your own lane. And one day you will have a bigger account. You will have more games. And someone will look at you and be like, how the hell does that guy have all those games? You will be that guy one day. But it takes time. You don't have to be that guy. <laughs> you also you don't have to. But I'm I'm saying it's going to be a relative comparison because maybe in the future owning a thousand games i mean that's probably today that's still true owning a thousand games is still a lot of games but maybe maybe it's 200 games like that's a lot of games and the guy who only has 10 is gonna be like how does that guy have 200 games how expensive must that have been but it's because that guy did it for five ten years not he didn't just start and was like oh my god how how could you afford all that in one breath you you couldn't and wouldn't and shouldn't uh, for most people I think in the modern era of DVDs, just because there is so much junk now that is essentially worthless, it's almost like DVD movies, like, you could buy literally a thousand DVDs and have nothing of value. And you used to kind of not be able to do that with games just because there weren't tens and tens of thousands of video games, but now there are. So quantity kind of means nothing. Uh, So if you just have a wall... I don't want to say that there is a wrong way to collect, but you could have a thousand games and your collection could suck. But if you are just an Xbox 360 guy and you have all the Halo games, all the the fucking Gears of War games, the Banjo-Kazooie game, that game's good, shut up. Uh, You know, all the all the Microsoft Game Studios games, all the, the Bungie games, all that kind of stuff. And you have them displayed nicely and they're all complete and you were and you're picky with your cases. They don't have like GameStop stickers on that and stuff. 
then I think that's awesome because you know what? The guys with the biggest game collections I own, that I know, like myself included, have just like cardboard boxes sitting in a garage that are stacked up. So if you could have the stuff you actually like displayed nicely, uh, you might be happier than the person who has, you know, 20,000 games sitting in boxes. And Johnny, you probably know some people that I'm talking about who got some some serious boxes going on. Hmm. Do I know anybody with boxes besides in me? <laughs> me, Tyler. Me. Oh well, I, uh, I have like a, almost a whole Wii collection sitting in my garage, and a nearly complete Xbox collection also sitting in my garage. Yeah. Uh, don't don't collect sets. Can we add that to our list? Yeah. Don't collect sets. Don't collect sets. <laughs> uh, or just collect NES, because you know NES uh, that makes you an automatic cool guy if you have a complete NES. Yeah, I mean kids don't like. We were talking about this in the Discord, but yeah, kids they're like NES is only going to be cool for so much longer. People aren't going to give a shit. So. Oh, 100% disagree. NES is always going to be the coolest. No. Uh, don't make me say NES. Also, it's NES. Um. I Why? had someone uh, respond to me on Instagram. Uh, they said that th this was from the last episode. Uh, let me go find who it was. But they said that they're 20 and they're uh, it was Twisted World and their their friends just do not care about the Sega Genesis at all. They're like, what is this this piece of shit? No one gives a shit about this. Uh, so uh, yeah, the younger generation might just not care about Sega in general. I thought that was super interesting. That, that was Twisted yeah, World. Yeah, but they did announce that the Sega Mini 2 is uh, going to come to North America. Cool. Yeah. So all those I need kids more mini can... consoles. Those are still cool, right? Man, remember when we said, uh, you were like, there's no more mini consoles. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. I think we could see some more. I, if you asked me what the next big mini console is, I 100% would not have said, oh, another Sega Genesis. <laughs> the idea that they like, it already had like 50 games on. They're like, and 50 more games. I'm like, you know, adding the Sega CD stuff onto that is cool, but I don't think that gives you 50 more cool games. Maybe it does. Like, but they would have to get all there's the best no, Sega did, CD games. Did they announce the games? They have not announced okay. all the games. They I mean, I think games. they can make that pretty compelling. If they get like all the good Sega CD games, yeah, if they then get that Snatcher, can be interesting. all they need to do is get Snatcher, and it's already 100% worth it. We talked about this specifically to Snatcher. If they get Snatcher, it's a coup and they win. Yeah. But, but, has Snatcher ever been re released? It's kind of crazy that it no, has. No, we, we've <laughs> talked like about this. like We talked about it, like how crazy it is. Like, re-release snatcher give people the ability to go check out this game that's going to be so overhyped and people are going to play it and be like this is what you guys were talking about oh my god it's so good it is i look we both like it but kids are going to come in and be like this is what you guys care about like this this is the <laughs> I, thing i know <laughs> i mean that you could overhype you could like build something up in your head anything like if you if you had you know, 20, uh, more than 20 years, however long you've been alive of Star Wars fandom in you and you were telling people, oh my God, this movie Star Wars is so good and someone sees a new hope and they're like, that wasn't as good as Django Unchained. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Uh, yeah, I, like, please don't. They're too close to home. All right. Um, I mean, they can get Popple Mail. It's like a Nihon Falcom game. Falcom's still around. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're this games could to get. be pretty compelling. As much as it is just another console, I think they might be able to do it if they get all the right Sega CD games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, you know me, I'm I'm all for like making people able to play old games in a, a new way on their good TVs. Uh, so yeah, like please, 
I, I'm super excited for this. I, I hope they, I hope it's not just like, oh, we've left out a bunch of Genesis trash. So here's some more Genesis. I hope they really go yeah, hard on I, the Sega CD aspect. Yeah, I, I think because like I, I don't know what's on the Sega Genesis Mini. Well, the, one. also, 32X is going to be available on it, right? So they could get like oh, Knuckles Chaotic. <laughs> no, seriously, they could get so they could get like Knuckles Chaotix. They could get like the Pitfall version that people like, like. You know, you, you we could no, get the Batman. That is not game. stuff that people want. Knuckles Chaotix is such a filler game that oh hey, like no one is buying a Sega CD whatever this, mini to get Knuckles Chaotix. Uh, one, you're wrong. Two, Night Trap. We 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 love. We can't have an episode where we don't talk about Night Trap. They got to put Night Trap on it, right? I mean, they're going to like as much as it doesn't make sense, it will sell systems for them to have it, and obviously the rights are available because it's already being re released. Also. Um, yeah, since the timing of our last Sega CD episode where we were like, I can't believe Night Trap has been released this many times. Yet another edition of Night Trap for the PS5 is being released by Limited Run Games. So look forward to that in the future. Limited Run Games is crazy, man. How much they're releasing like Night Trap. Like every console that comes out in existence, they're going to release every Shantae game on again. Just like they, they are. Oh my they're God. already announced it's, for the PS5. Yeah. How? They're, they're just milking. You're like, oh, we got to keep them playable show. on the modern consoles. I'm like, God, it was on the PS4, dude. I, I, if last time I checked, I could play PS4 games on the PS5. Did you change anything or is this a blatant money grab? Oh, it's a but. Uh, yeah, but no, please at me and defend Limited Run some more. I, I know. Man, the limited run fanboys hate me uh, and have left negative reviews. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't love the business model, guys. And here's my reasons why. It's not that I don't buy limited run games. I've already covered this. I just think some of the behaviors are suspect and just there to take your money. And I tried to defend you from that. And then you're like, but you're a dick. You're just a hater. I'm like, no, no, I love games regardless of where they come from. See all my limited run games. I own a lot, probably more than you, um, which is sad, but true. So it's, I mean, it, that's not more it. Than me. I like I I, mean, I have had the discipline to like look at things like the Castlevania collection and the Contra collection, like franchises I love, and I'm like, these are just modern re-releases. Doesn't matter how quote unquote limited or single print they are, I do not need these for $175. Oh, see, yeah, I 100 percent bought the Castlevania collection. You, you, there was no way I wasn't. Like, I need every version of Castlevania. Come on. Nope. Do you I have the Commodore 64 version, Johnny? Uh, not yet. I want it. Mm, sounds like you don't have every version of Castlevania. Yeah, I, I didn't say it. Did I say I have every I version? Know, I, I said know. I want. I, yeah, I also don't have the DOS version. I would like that as well. Anyways, let's I'm, let's get back I'm, on topic. We're, I'm getting we're, this back on top. I'm looking at this yeah. thing. <laughs> okay. So here, here's like along the same lines of what we were just talking about. And this is echoing what our sentiment has been. But be more circumspect with your purchases, which just means more thoughtful. So like really... Think about what you're buying and try to, as we say a lot, collect only what makes you happy. Don't just buy the big stuff that everyone's talking about. And this goes like falling down the IG rabbit hole and seeing what influencers are putting out or like, you know, limited run does a very good job of like pushing. This is the stuff. This is the stuff. You don't have to get into all that. Just buy the stuff that you love. Buy the stuff that actually makes you happy. Don't be influenced out of out of purchases or into purchases uh, by like some of these accounts uh, or just by the constant wall of like what is being shown on Instagram, you know, really think about what makes you happy. And that's, 
if you look at my account, especially around October, and you see all the asinine things I buy, because I just love buying Halloween games. I just love buying anything that reminds me of that. And that's like most of the people aren't showing me these games. There's nothing on there. Uh, but it's like my favorite time to buy, which is usually in the summer when I start buying the stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to buy whatever Halloween stuff. I. It's completely absent of like people telling me what I should get. Not, not that I don't accept suggestions because I do, but there isn't some big wall of pictures that I'm looking at. Man, it's like, Oh, I got to get that one. You see this guy's account. Oh, his shelves look great. And then this game was featured on it. It looks so cool. I want that. None of that is happening with me. I'm just like, Oh man, this, this is cool. It's why I have TSR 80 games in my collection because I just like, which Are is those so like Dungeons of, and Dragons games, Johnny. No, it's like poltergeist. Yeah. You said TSR instead of TRS. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank Everyone you, gets that yeah. joke. Don't worry. Yeah. If, yeah, if you don't, uh, you're not nerdy enough. Um, let's talk down to you. Anyways, thank you for the correction, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a nice way to uh, to buy when you're just buying the stuff that you actually cared about, not that you were convinced into caring about. So As, I as think- the people listening to this podcast are, were trying to influence, like, these are the things you should buy. Don't wait. Those episodes movie are Movie ticket variants. Yeah, Everyone yeah. get movie ticket variants. Movie um, ticket variants. Why aren't you buying them? You're not cool. Yeah. I mean, if you aren't a 3DS collector and you bought Fragrant Story because there was all this hype around it, like, oh, it's it's the last 3DS game. This is going to be a collectible speculative pick. Also, another 3DS game was announced, I think, by Limited Run by Games. By Limited Run like, Games. One of these yep. companies. So it was it, Limited Run Games. It was okay, yeah. So like it doesn't even matter. Fragrant Story is just another random late print game. It ended up being like a half hour long and got bad reviews, and now you got this stupid joke game, basically. Um, and there was like there was like a version of it that was over a hundred dollars that was super special, signed by the developers. Shit like that will literally since it became a thing, was it was it limited run games that really kicked it off? It was probably, you know, Xbox 360 era limited editions where things really started getting like this. But Every two weeks, there's going to be the new cool thing to pre-order and the new cool thing to have, and you can't keep up with it. No matter how much you think stuff is going to be worth in the future, if you go down the hype rabbit hole, you'll you'll never finish. You won't be able to, if your real interest is Super Nintendo games or GameCube games, and you're just trying to keep up like, oh, I got to get Fragrance Story. Oh, Limited Run Games came out with a Contra collection. Contra is such a good game. I got to get the Contra collection. You're going to be spending like $5,000 a year on just all the, the crazy hype stuff, and you won't be getting around to the stuff you actually want. Um, so now, unless that limited shit is your thing, if you are like the Switch guy, and you have for some reason dedicated your life to trying to keep up with all this crazy limited bullshit, uh, just try not to get sucked down those rabbit holes. Yeah, so one, uh, I, I can't believe I haven't read an article titled Fragrance Story Stinks. Uh, I don't know why that hasn't been written yet. Um, two, absolutely with the the hype beast list. There is no hype beast list, okay, for collecting. Like, and what I mean by that is you're like, oh, I completed my hype be- beast collection. I got all the, there. there isn't, a, that's not a thing. That's just, uh, you got suckered in. So it's not your fault. Things are persuasive. They're designed that way. It's designed to get you. We all fall prey to it once in a while. But unless it matters to you, don't do it. And I talked about this kind of last time, but when people talk about how old games are so expensive and everything, but then they go out and buy like a limited run, limited edition version. And I use limited in the, just the most air quotiest way possible here. Limited. Um, 
If you spend $200 on that, there are a lot of cool old games you could have got for $200. Like a lot of them. A lot. A lot. We used Mario 3. You can buy a complete box Mario 3 for like $60. So, you know, yes, old games are expensive, but, you know, $200 is still expensive for a game as well. So don't forget that. Just because it's new doesn't mean you should pay $200 for it. Yep. And uh, so I'm going to say the... Uh the limited stuff, it doesn't even just stop at like modern things. Like there are fads and trends that are not cool and then suddenly become popular. I'm just gonna go back to it. 2019 black box games, man, people did not care about black box games. Like that's not NES true. There was always did. been a black box list, but yes. they didn't care. They didn't care about the minutia of the black box. The games. the black box people and like the NES people cared about black box games. But if you're just a generalist collector, you probably didn't care about. Oh, fucking soccer and Clue Clue Land are so rare. Those are high on my want list. Um, Gotta get me a mock rider. Like those games went from fifty dollars to many hundreds of dollars. And if you've you can't feel like you're getting left out if you didn't care about them to begin with. The cool thing you could do, just keep not caring about them. You can go, you don't have to follow everyone else's niche. Like what we were saying at the beginning of the episode, you could find your own niche because there are plenty of niches that like if a hundred people piled into that niche, like movie ticket variants, if everyone was going for that shit, it wouldn't be affordable anymore and it might not be fun anymore. So you don't have to pile onto someone else's what they're excited about. Go find what you're excited about. All right. Um, I already said don't speculate. I mean, you can go speculate. I buy plenty of things because I'm worried about them increasing in price. But if I only bought the things that I think will increase in price, uh, like I, I'm not, I don't want to give like a specific recommendation to make it seem like, oh, this is the CQ pick. Although I did say Final Fantasy VII a couple episodes ago. Yeah, well, I'm I'm okay with us making picks once in a while. Okay, I, I mean, I, I own some somewhat expensive games that I think are gonna are incredibly undervalued. And if I, I'm saying there's like two games I have where if I was buying speculatively, I would literally just buy every copy of these two games and I wouldn't buy anything else because all I would care about is making money. But uh, I mean, that's that's not fun to me, obviously. So I don't do that. Be uh, oh, oh, our next thing is be forward thinking about prices, though, Johnny. Uh, yes, but that that's not what you... What you think it is. So you want to read the rest of it? All right. No, you say it. It's your okay. thing. All right. Uh, yes. Be more forward thinking about prices. And you're like, oh, my God, Johnny, like you're telling me to worry about the prices. No, don't agonize over every penny. Don't beat yourself up over a slight overpayment. Um, these these few dollars are not worth your emotional, emotional fortitude. Think about something you overpaid for a year ago, and how does that price look now? Yes, that's in the the world of everything has gone up forever, but also in the world of that money is already gone and it's already spent. You're probably fine with that purchase now. Like it, it happened, it's over. What I'm saying is, a lot of people they're like try. If you're one of these people who are always trying to get the best price always, and you're like fighting people on best offers over a dollar all the time, maybe maybe that. Maybe that dollar isn't worth it. Maybe sometimes let it go. Uh, and I'm not saying every time because getting deals is important. And sometimes that's how what people enjoy is like how they whittle down to the last deal. But if you're just buying a lot of stuff all the time, yes, every dollar counts. But maybe maybe a couple of them, maybe buy one less thing and then don't worry about that $10 that uh, didn't wash. Or if you're like, I overpaid, I overpaid, I overpaid. If you're like feeling really bad, you overpaid on one thing. 
maybe let it go. Maybe just like, even if you overpaid on 10 things, let it go and then come back in a year and, and be like, how does my overpayment look now? Oh, still bad. Okay. Let me look back. And then like two years. And now I'm telling this to to regular collectors. And by regular collectors, let me be very specific. People who are just buying CIB and cart stuff, like you're fine. If you're an investor, please don't apply this to yourself because an overpayment in an investor world looks a lot different than someone who's buying like a CIB game who spent $50 more on a nice copy. If you you spent $650 instead of $600 on it and it was already expensive, now you overpaid a little bit like because you got it a little nicer. Like... That's these are the people I'm talking about. If I you're spent three hundred thousand dollars on a Tecmo Bowl. I, I think I overpaid, but you know it'll probably come around. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> talking to those people. You, you might be going into bankruptcy. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you. That's a lot of money. I'm talking about money that people can recover from. I'm talking about agonizing over a couple of bucks. Uh, agonizing over fifty dollars. Eh, like who cares? Agonizing over. $50,000 is a lot different. Even $5,000 is a lot different or a thousand or even like 500. But, uh, yeah, just like, if you overpaid a little bit, like, just think about it in a year. Like, how are you going to feel in a year? Did you like, Stefan is my model for, for this. When he was buying stuff, he was like, oh, I kind of, I overpaid, I overpaid. And then, then like three years later, he's like, I did fine. I did great. And it was like, okay, well, I'm glad he's happy. But he also doesn't beat himself up over, on those overpayments. Like, he's like, I know I overpaid, but I also knew what I was doing. Like, he keeps that a lot in mind. Um, so I keep that in mind a little bit. But I'm also a person who's fighting for every dollar because I know I'm buying a lot of stuff. And so I might be a person prone to agonizing over uh, a minor overspend. And you shouldn't do that. You, you should just kind of let some of those go within the context of what we're talking about here. Not, not to you investor types. Uh, sure. That, that's and a that's a whole different world. I think the games that you can quote unquote overpay for and still feel good about it are pretty obvious. So if you're if you're looking for a nice copy of Shingen the Ruler, like there's probably not going to be people looking for Shingen the Ruler for decades to come, and you're going to be competing with everyone. But if you if like a nice The Legend of Zelda or a nice complete in box Super Mario World is something you really want. And you have to pay like an extra $75 over that that standard price charting rate to get just the perfect one that you want. If you have to pay an extra $150 to get one that's like super mint, 100% complete, has the baggy, like everything that you would ever want in a copy of The Legend of Zelda. There's almost no chance that, I mean, there's obviously a chance, but you're not going to feel bad about that purchase in 10 years. There, I mean, yes, the video game market could crash. Everything can come down. But, you know, games like... Zelda and Super Mario World and Contra are going to be the most insulated from that because if you want it, especially if you didn't even grow up with it, I didn't grow up with The Legend of Zelda, Johnny, uh, there will probably be, always be people who want that. Whereas Shingen the Ruler is just going to be Nintendo NES completionist weirdos because no one gives a shit about that game. Well, I mean, Shingen, you talk about Shingen the Ruler like it is in part two in a series of games that people actually love part of the Samurai series. It's fine. It's fine that you don't know about Shingen the Ruler. That's oh it's, it's fine that you've minimized Shingen the Ruler fans oh, over here. <laughs> Let, who's the last person you know that played Shingen the Ruler? Probably. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a friend who played Super Mario World for the first time fucking last week, Johnny. That is how much people that's, are still playing Super Mario World. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. No, but uh, you're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> especially depending on what you might overpay on. Like, yeah, especially 
if you're not looking at, it's hard because I know we spend a lot of money, but if you're not looking at your games as an investment, but you're just looking at it as I bought this thing and now I enjoy it. If you got what you wanted in 50, $50 more in a year, isn't going to matter. Even if you're not even considering the value that $50 probably just doesn't matter to you in a year. Like it, that money it's gone. It's spent it won't be in your mind. How many times have you bought something and you're like, oh, I overpaid. And then in like three months, you, you just, you're not thinking about that anymore. You're just like, oh, I'm what you are seeing is like, oh man, I'm really happy. I own this game. Just like try to remember what the feeling is three months after the purchase or a year after the purchase. Not, not right. Like that. And that's not me advocating for overpaying. It's me saying when it happens to you, try not to overpay, but when it happens to you, don't, don't beat yourself up. I think this is something Rudy from Alpha Investments advocates. Like, guys, you're talking about tax and shipping? Fuck off. Just buy the shit. It all goes up forever. When he's talking about, like, you know, alpha cards and shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Who knows if video games go up forever? Uh, historically, we only have evidence of yes, but we'll, we'll see where, <laughs> like, who knows? Uh, we're not here to make financial predictions because last time we did, we said that we were wrong, but everybody's telling me now that we're heading into a recession. Uh, everything is much more expensive right now. Uh, inflation is crazy. Um, what gets cut out next is usually collectibles. Collectibles should be facing a dip. No, if, there no predictions should, of, of downturns should, in video games. Yeah. We are always should wrong. Be. Yeah, I'm saying should be <laughs> if we followed normal macroeconomic trends. But video games are microeconomics and I, I have no idea what happens here. So, I mean, obviously games can't go up forever. There's going to be a crash eventually. I don't know when. Obviously no one knows I mean, when. Is there a crash or is it just a settling and a, like a minor dip? That That's the other thing. But People I mean, say it, crash, but if we go into the long enough term, there will have to be some kind of crash or some things that just completely fall out. And it's never really happened. Like we finally, like we had Atari fell off. Uh, you know, a long time ago, Atari was super hot and obviously that's cooled off. Um, I don't think has anything had a similar cooling off to that. Uh, no, Atari even, cooled even, off even, even with the Atari off. cool off, we're talking about like 15 years ago, right? Uh, yeah. even after that, like Atari is worth more now than it was, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, I, I want to know what the market drop off looks, Johnny. What? If video games crash, what stays relevant? And I know, obviously, all those games I was talking about, Contra, Zelda, and Mario, are going to stay relevant, but what else? Shingen the Ruler? Is it rare enough to to stay to stay up? Is it on NES? Does NES stay up? What I happens? Mean, it is Do on people NES. stop caring I, about Sega Genesis, Johnny? I think, was Shingen the Ruler only released on the NES? So it might be a NES exclusive. What are you, you said it was like a sequel. All right, well, let's talk about Shingen the Ruler. What the fuck are you talking about? What, you said it's a I, sequel? Uh, yeah, it, it is a sequel to to a series of games. It's produced by Hotbee, right? It's uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? The there was another Shingen game that never came to North America. Whoa, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. There's your like obscure dumb fact for the day. <laughs> I don't even Ho see it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's uh. Oh wow, never mind. I'm on Wikipedia. It doesn't even have Shingen the Ruler under Hotbee Games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Right. Tagata Shingen or something. Look up Takata Shingen, and I'm probably saying that right. Takata Shingen, uh, Zadamio. Um, I mean, based off a real person. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's, but it's, there's a game, Takata Shingen game. Uh, yeah, the game on the Famicom. I All think. right. Uh, everyone's into Shingen. That that Shingen the ruler never going down in value. We're calling it now. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it. It was also a tactics <laughs> game. But yeah, if you want to go down the rule, the the rabbit hole of Shingen the Ruler, go ahead and look it up. It is a sequel, but uh, the you know it, the first one never came out on the NES. All right, what are we even talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Shingen the Ruler because uh, you could not believe that I knew oh, something about Shingen the Ruler. Yes. You're like, you're like, what the hell? Why do you know anything <laughs> about Shingen the Ruler? Uh, yeah, we were just giving advice on how you should uh, overpay for all your purchases and not feel bad about it, and that's going to make you enjoy collecting more. Yeah, that's going to uh, make you no, enjoy I collecting more. It, and that's then we also talked about how we're heading for an impending recession, so always be overpaying. <laughs> but I think the the point is, if there are two games that you could bid fifty dollars on and lose them both, versus winning one of them for seventy five dollars, you will probably be happier if you just win the one you want for seventy five dollars and get it out of the fucking way. I can't tell you how many times I've lost an auction by like $5 and then had to pay more than that cost down the line. Uh, yep. John, it, it happens to me all the time now. But um, I'm still happy. Yeah, I'm still happy too. Okay, well, we got a couple more for you. And here is one that is near and dear to my heart, Tyler. Help others. Help others with their collecting. You might think this is weird, but if you know stuff and you can help people or and this doesn't need to be research or podcast, but like if you've got deals that you can help people out, you might, it might feel weird, but a way you can enjoy collecting more is helping other people collect. And like, if you know what, that it sucks to never find a deal, if you can suddenly offer someone a deal, sometimes that feels good. You might surprise yourself by by helping others will make you feel good. Like you're like, oh, I'm not here to be altruistic. Fine, don't be. But remember that rewards come in different facets, um, and how you feel good. So uh, monetary re- reward isn't the only reward. Yep, I have a I have a lot of weird save searches for like weird computer games that get all sorts of like stray hits for stuff I'm not looking for, or it's just like I'm not, you know, in it's not in my budget to buy mystery house right now johnny a mystery house just appeared on ebay by the way but um okay you want to go uh it's the it's a later print it's the white folder but are you really gonna buy a mystery house right now after the enrico scandal where there's a bunch of fake apple II games floating around yeah absolutely all right i think it's a buy it now it's uh it's like twenty five hundred dollars have fun It's uh, also it's, 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 got, it's by a guy with like a hundred feedback. Like if this was being sold by uh, like a guy in the community, I would I would send it to you and be like, maybe consider this mystery house. It, it looks so clean; it's ridiculous how clean and new it looks. I mean, uh, it's got that I, fading on the on the inside of the folder. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. I mean, I, I do it want a mystery looks house. Real Johnny. <laughs> it, I do want a mystery house, but it's now you've got me. Now you've it's got me. Such gunshot. a bad time to buy rare Apple II uh, games. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe not buy Apple two games right now. Um, what were, what were we t- talking about? I was we got we're talking about derailed. helping helping, we were talking others, about helping yes. others. I get so many weird stray hits, and I just send them to like people that I know are interested in all these little niches. And if I don't send you all eBay searches all the time, it's because I don't know what your niche is. So you should talk to me more and let me know your niche. Um, but yeah, I find uh, I find like weird buy now deals all the time. Love sending those out. Sometimes I post them in the on the Collector's Quest Patreon. Uh, yeah, discord. on our disc Woo! yeah on our discord we have a section called good deals where if you find a good deal and that ha- harkens back to like nintendo h form like sometimes people just have like their good deals and they just like post it if they saw it and i love that i love that that happened um so yeah we we have the same thing going on 
Now, it doesn't get always tons of activity, but I love when somebody posts something there and then someone else on the Discord gets to buy it. Like, I, I love when that happens. I'm like, yes, someone passed that sweet deal on to somebody else. That's great. Thanks for helping. Yeah. And uh, last thing I posted was a time traveler arcade cabinet for $9,500. Did uh, buy I, it? Uh, no one bought that one for some reason. Just get the DVD version that you can play on your Xbox or PS2. It tells you it's compatible right on the DVD case. Oh, come on. You can't play Time Traveler on a DVD. No, you need the, the wonky little pieces. You need Wait, the whole what? setup. What are you talking about? Like in the, in the, isn't the Time Traveler cabinet like the white cabinet where you look and it's got like the board where you can see? Yeah, like, it's like, like a 3D hologram pieces. game. Oh, are, are they just, phys- are they're not physical objects, they're just holograms? I think there's physical objects and then the holograms play around them. But you're right, uh, yeah, there yeah. is a Time Traveler DVD and it comes with 3D glasses. Yeah. What the, f- are you serious? You I want I've never played Time Traveler. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally own that. Uh, you know, Time Traveler DVD, 4800 results. Uh, yeah. Arcade? Put Xbox or PS2. Oh my god, it's like $75. <laughs> is it? Wow, it used to be like a $10 game. Um, that's collecting for you. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, here's one Anyways. for fifty-two. Oh, it's got the 3D glasses. I'm I'm gonna watch Whoa. this. You know, All this right. is. You... I can't buy this, John. This is just me seeing something shiny and then and then going yeah. for it. Oh, and it's part of a rare set. Look, it's got an ESRB rating. I bet there's a a pretty small set of DVDs, just like DVD movies type things that have ESRB ratings. That's got to be yep. a pretty small set. So, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> Time Traveler, and then there's one of the other ones that are in the same vein. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's not Dragon's Lair. I forget. There's, like, two of these games that I have um, that are, like they say, compatible with the Xbox or PS2. Because they, they wanted you to... They came out in that era. Oh, yeah. They I've, got, you to think. I've got a Dragon's Lair that says, like, Xbox and PS2 compatible. I just figured because Time Traveler is a hologram game that it, it wouldn't be... Uh... That they wouldn't have released it, but I guess they did. They're just like, fuck it. We we don't care that it's not 100% the original experience. Give us 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else we got? We got one last place of advi- piece of advice. You want to find a place you belong, Johnny. Um, and definitely because discussing collecting with people is is a lot of fun. And it doesn't have to be video game sage. It doesn't have to be the high end Facebook groups because uh, more than ever, I think. You may not find joy on Facebook. You might just want to stay off. But here's my hot tip. If you want to enjoy collecting more, don't go to Facebook. <laughs> I mean, there are, I, there's probably good Facebook groups. There's a lot of complaining on Facebook, though. May, maybe there is. I'm just saying Facebook is cancer. So maybe don't go to Facebook if you can help it. Well, there's a lot of good Facebook groups, though. I, I mean... Sure, but you just have to go through Facebook. You just have. I know. It's like you're like there's a paradise if you just walk through hell. And it's like well, uh, the big box PC group on Facebook, I think, is the best place to congregate with PC people. Probably you're probably right. I'm not. I'm not saying. I just I, my my disgust for how Facebook has shaped culture is uh, it's high. My disdain is high. Right. Um, yeah, so, I, I understand. Yeah, I struggle. I struggle. Even when it's useful, and I know it has some uses because I, I still use it for things like showing off pictures of my son when I don't want to, so my family and people I don't like really want to engage with, uh, but they want to feel connected or need to see pictures of him, I and I don't have to call them. I can still post and like kind of have minor interactions. Uh, so yes, it serves a need. I understand that, um, but I just have so many negative feelings that uh, it affects my it affects my judgment. All right. I understand. Well, there's still old people forums. You can go to Atari Age, the biggest video game forum on the internet, or the biggest game collecting forum. 
Um, I mean, are they collectors at this point, though? Are they really? Or are they just complainers about what happens to Atari? I I don't know. I'm not on Atari. I, don't, I have no idea. Anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Just slander for you get no on, reason. You get on Discords. I bet. I bet all the kids know about all the Discords that we don't, Johnny. Is yeah, Discord's the new forum? They've got threads on Discord. It it's terrible, yeah. but it's there. They're not terrible. They're useful. Mm. It's it's way better than clogging up a thread. Like when you and one other person, and I'm not saying you specifically. Uh, no, you're talking I, about me and Joe. I know. Uh, no, I I mean I do this too. Uh, but yeah, basically I enabled threads because of Joe. I was like, you know what? <laughs> uh, we need to have these, and it's not it's and it's not a slide on Joe because uh, I love Joe. I want to read all this stuff, but maybe everybody else doesn't want to go that hard. So maybe if we can compartmentalize that a little bit and like Joe, I know you're going to hear this. Don't be discouraged. I love it. Please keep doing exactly what you're doing. And now I can find it more easily and I don't have to suffer through other content. Yeah. Threads are great. I recently got, uh, invited to the game preservation society. Is that what it's called? Did you really? No, by, uh, by like Tiger Wolf. Uh, this is another Discord. Oh. Now, I wasn't like invited to like join them and do oh. anything. I was just like invited to the Discord. <laughs> um, talk about a different vibe. I have no idea what anyone fucking in here is talking about. <laughs> They're all talking about like Japanese PC games that like, uh, like rare Japanese PC games. And I don't speak Japanese. So I just have like no concept of what's going on here at any time. But it's so interesting looking in and seeing what's going on. Uh, like they, if I spoke Japanese, these would clearly be my people. They're not my people because I, I can't really help without speaking Japanese that much. But it is definitely uh, a different vibe from any other kind of collecting group that uh, I've been in. Also, it's not a collecting group. They're more of a preservation group that buys stuff as a collective and keeps it in a museum. But close enough. Uh, the point of all of that is, aside from our rambling, is go find people who are like-minded and that you can discuss with this. Because collecting doesn't always need to be buying. There's a lot to learn and... There's a lot of give and take that, you know, it's like, how do you help people? How do you get people to help you go find a place where, you know, you want to congregate Nintendo age and Sega age was that place for me. Uh, then it became Instagram and now it's mainly our discord as what, what an insular thing I've done. But yeah, like if you, if you want to be on our discord, here's the plug for it. Hey, you can join us for as little as $2 or as much as $6 or the sweet spot, which is for join at the $4 level. Uh, that's the best one because you get the bonus content, but you get access to our discord where a bunch of cool people are who sit around and are like-minded to you and talk about video games in a way that is intelligent and stimulating and helpful so yeah, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash collectors quest. That's where I currently am, but you can go anywhere. You find a discord that you like, or just go to video game saves, find a grouping of people who you can talk to. So it's not just like endless money and, and griping and sniping of, of auctions, you know, um, it, like interact with people. Also, you'd be surprised how much you don't know and how much other people do know. Like I learn stuff all the time. People are like, Oh, how could you possibly... People come up in our Discord and say shit, and I'm like, really? Sometimes Tyler still says stuff to me, and I'm like, I had no idea. Last week, uh, or two weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about where you could use the stupid croissant controller that I had no idea about. You just, there, there's so much to learn still. Whatever, however much you think you know, remember, it is a small drop in an ocean of knowledge, uh, even in your niche hobby. So, uh, yeah, go find those people, interact with them, go learn some stuff. Yep, and uh, no one knows everything except for Dan Gomez. Uh, yeah. And Braveheart. <laughs> I, I, just, I just threw that in so we'll get a comment on SoundCloud. Braveheart's being like, yeah, I got a shout out. Uh, I mean, 
All right, Johnny. Lots of shout outs, right? But I mean, he does know so much and has so many cool things. <laughs> like whatever, however cool uh, wh- I think Braveheart collection is, he then shows something that baffles me. I, and I don't understand how he can do that on like, I don't know, a regular basis. I'm just like, holy shit, what? Johnny, you want me to bring a, let me bring a couple points in the show together. Uh, one of the things I sent to someone, I found a, a lot of Hong Kong NES games on Yahoo auctions. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was pretty cheap. It was like 60 bucks for six games. Maybe it was like Donkey Kong junior math and, and retro uh, Super enthusiast, Mario right? Yeah. And retro game enthusiast got it. I don't think anyone bid against him. I think he got it real cheap and he, it doesn't have the manual, but he has a variant of super Mario brothers, Hong Kong version that Braveheart doesn't have. Oh shit. Whoa. For, for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For now. How long is that going to stay true? It's so his version doesn't have the TM. It might be the first print. Oh shit! Oh, Braveheart, gotta get another Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I'm sure he's just so sad about having to buy another thing that he enjoys. Uh, yeah, I know him. Him and his hundred copies of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I gotta get a hundred one. Damn. <laughs> oh no. Anyways, uh, that do you have any other hints? I th- this is just. This was just kind of, we've been talking a lot uh, about ways to enjoy collectible because I've seen a lot of negative negativity lately. Negity, negity. That's not a word, is it? Yeah. I've seen a lot of negativity lately and people are like kind of upset with collecting and feeling bad about it. So I just think people should remember you enjoy, like you do this because you like it. If you don't like it, please stop. Like you, you, no one is making you do this. Please, please only do it. If you continue to enjoy it. I would say the ways that I've enjoyed collecting them or the things that I've taken from this episode have made me enjoy collecting the most are ways that I've limited my collecting. Maybe the best thing I've ever done in terms of collecting is put a soft limit at the year 2000. And I bring this up a lot, but there are so many games. There are tens and tens of thousands of games. And when I see an interesting Switch game or a Switch game that I think is going to be rare or like it's the cool Switch game right now, but in five years, it might be one of the cool Switch games that like in the whole set, this is one of the the cool rare games, some shovelware that nobody bought. Devil's uh, Third. Ex- exactly. Devil's Third. Whatever that is on the Switch. But I don't have to buy it. There's, I just like, no, like I, I set this rule for myself that like, you just don't have to buy it. Fragrance story. I like, I had it in my cart. It's only 30 bucks or something. I didn't buy fragrance story. Cause I'm like, this doesn't, it's not for me. I don't have to be a modern guy. Um, so just limiting my collecting has definitely made me a lot more sane, a lot more happy, especially with not having to keep up with like limited run games and all that kind of stuff. I, I, the point is video games are large. It's an expansive thing. Not everyone has the room or the capital for all of these things. So creating goals and setting limits and knowing when to walk away and like learning are all the best things you can do to make the hobby better for you in the long run. Yeah. So, there it is. There, there's right. your TLDR. Yep. I think it'd be great. I think if you just... Just be like me, except be like, I don't want any game before the year 2000. Just be like, all that cardboard and cartridge stuff is too expensive. That might be uh, another way to go about it. That would be great, too. Just go go the other way. I don't want anything unless it came out after 2010. Just like video games start at Halo and fuck everything else before that. Halo was the first FPS, and that's where video games start. There's definitely going to be those people. If I had that mindset, think of how great game collecting could be. Well, yeah, well, let me tell you the secret to owning a lot of games. Buy modern stuff. Go buy them 360 games. 
PS3 games. Remember, we talked about it all the time. You can still get great games for like $5, and now they're just releasing every game always, constantly. Like, The Last of Us uh, remaster got a remaster, and we'll be out uh, on the... Which is a mouthful. Stop uh, But it. we'll be out on the PS5. Stop uh, releasing you know, games! Stop remaking I, the same uh, game! You peep, you Star Wars people are like, oh, they, they added a pixel to Star Wars. It's ruined. Oh, I want every game re-released forever on every console. I just replayed The Last of Us, like, I don't know, uh, six months ago, a year ago. And I'm just curious, like, what are, what did they add to this? Uh, because people already went crazy. There was the $100 edition, which apparently already sold out. And now it's now being... Uh, I mean, it's not the pre-orders. People are selling their pre-orders for four hundred dollars uh, for their hundred dollar game, and like five hundred dollars. These this Wait, happened what? on eBay. Wait, what are you talking yes. about? For so the Last of Us it, remake. Yeah, the Last of Us remake, which comes out in September. There is, um, oh god, what what's that called? Uh, the Firefly edition, which comes out in September, which is like. The big editions, the hundred dollar edition, comes with the steel book and like you know comes with the tchotchkes and the goodies, uh, versus the regular version, which is like sixty nine dollars. So the hundred dollar version sold out already, guys, and it and it sold out, and people then put their confirmed pre orders on eBay, and they sold for four hundred dollars. Guys, it's the it's the second remake. They're uh, isn't like the post pandemic edition of Last of Us like a a expensive collectible game? Yeah, yeah. It's Go spend like, your hundreds of dollars on the original real thing. I, I <laughs> what are you doing? I, to be fair, this first new version comes with comics. But you're comics not gonna open it if you're spending four hundred dollars on it. So who cares what's in the box? They, it's it's new cover art, but again, these are just reprints of those comics, so I don't yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's something I will buy 100%. I, if, I, if this is, becomes a regular version, like for $100 that I can buy, I'm totally buying this. 100% buying it. Yeah. Um, my I'm PS5 game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me. I love Last of Us. So it, it's it's just about owning more Last of Us stuff. Um, so, yeah. It's, I'm like, cool. Let's do it. I'm going to play The Last of Us again. Give me an excuse. Don't threaten me with a good time. All right, do we want to move on to uh, we do. collector's, collector's questions. questions? Yeah, let's do it. Tiger Wolf asks, which is the worst? Take your pick. Uh, also, every time I read one of these questions, I'm just going, I don't even pre-read them. So you could ask anything. And unless it's super dumb and I realize mid-question, I'll just read it. Han getting edited, so Greedo shoots first. Oh, look, a change made to Star Wars. Episode two, The Clone Wars. Uh, the Hobbit being turned into an eight-hour-long movie trilogy. Wow, these are all pretty bad. Uh, buying an Intellivision Amico for more than $20, sealed video games with mold, or video games starring apes or primates? Oh, man. Um, well, one, I, 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 he's clearly targeting me, um, but he he's made a mistake because he thinks that I hate that The Hobbit was made into eight hours. Uh, and instead, I take on the view that, while I don't like the third movie in The Hobbit trilogy, uh, I love all the extra content and I love seeing all the stuff uh, from the appendixes filmed. I, though the third movie wasn't great, I enjoyed the first two. I always like more Hobbit stuff. Uh, had that just been five hours or six hours, it would have been great. Um, the extra battle stuff they showed, like whatever. I, I'm not sad it exists. I'm just sad that it kind of cheapened the franchise a little bit and clearly it was rushed. So that's not my answer. Hmm. Man, Greedo shooting first is subject to change, so I'm not going to pick that because they now they've made it where they kind of draw on each other at the same time. 
Um, the way they changed it again, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean they're they're always tweaking the timing. Also, like Han did this, like like his head like did like I don't know, like the Canadian South Park thing for a little while. It was like really awkward looking. It was just terrible fucking editing because they trying to change something that didn't need to be changed. Um, is it mold on games? Is that the what? What were the other ones? Uh, buying an Intellivision Amico for more than twenty dollars. Apes and primate games. Episode two, Clone Wars. Ooh, episode two, Clone Wars. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say mold on games. I'm saying buying a game with mold is still the worst of that uh, because a lot of people still like the Clone Wars. People love the clones. I, I, I do think that the Clone Wars, uh, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones, I, I think it's the worst of the prequel trilogies. I used to think it was Phantom Menace, but I've come around on Phantom Menace because ideas are greater than the realization. Uh, there's a lot of interesting ideas on that. Um, and Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones is kind of less good ideas. And, you know, it's got a diner scene, which I I'll just can't get over. Oh, yeah. It's called Attack of the Clones, isn't it? it Why is. do you call it Clone Wars? That's the uh, TV show. Come I on. mean, he may, he may have been talking about the, the TV show. Like, I don't and I think that, about the TV show. I mean, TV show is fine. Lots of people love it. Um, yeah, so not that. Yeah, mold on games. Long, yeah, long answer. Your answer is way games. too long. Yeah, it's definitely molds. I mean, a lot of these things I wouldn't take for free. You could give me a, a sealed Super Mario Brothers match sticker sealed with mold, and I'm not going to put it in my collection because there's fucking mold on it. Uh, so obviously, mold is the worst. The other things I wouldn't take for three. Yeah, the third Hobbit movie is fucking horrible, uh, and Attack of the Clones is fucking horrible. Uh, like I, I would take an Intellivision Amico for free. But I wouldn't take the other two movies either. All right. Anyway, Johnny, do you rename your characters in RPGs or do you go with the default option? Depends. But uh, a, lot, a lot of times I, I rename them. A lot of times I'm, I just uh, I name them after family and friends. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I just name myself DEF usually, uh, which are my pinball initials. So you name it after yourself. Yeah. Or if it's like if it's uh, supposed to be a character, I just like go with the character name because I like having the stock experience. If it, it depends, so like the original Final Fantasy, I have like original Final Fantasy names that I use, uh, like really bad, like cringy names that I still use because I made them when I was like eight, you know, or nine. Um, so I still use those cringy names. Like my black mage is always named Dark, always, every single time. Okay. Be I mean, I'm down with that. It's descriptive. Yeah. Yeah, like, but it, it's just names like that, right? So, um, yeah, my red mage is fire. Like, it's like just dumb shit like that. Oh, no, no, I'm totally down with that. So I think my names are really boring. So when I'm playing, if there's a, if I have a party-based game, I don't want to uh, deal with memorizing different character names. So when I'm playing Ultima or Final Fantasy, all of my character names will be like Mage or WZRD for Wizard. Just like, you know, I know who this is. The, the most yeah. exciting I'll do is I'll name like a wizard Gandalf or something, which is totally unoriginal. But you know what? I know that Gandalf is my wizard. So, yeah, no, I, I'm prone to stuff like that. But yeah, like most of the time, if it's a party, like if there's a girlfriend and I like I will make myself the lead character and I will put my wife's name. And uh, like if you've got like your best friend, a lot of times uh, I would either put my best friend's name or I would put like, like now I, I put my son's name as one. Like, yeah, I always do that. Or like, I would use my dog's name, like all the time. If, like if it's a party and the character's names don't matter, if the character's names don't matter, uh, that's what I do. If they do matter, then I just let them be named the, the character names because I, I you're telling me a story. I don't need to, I like, I wouldn't go through a book and like cross out 
ca- uh, the main character's name and write my name a bunch of times. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was asked by Tom Nook if I didn't say that. Uh, one more, Johnny. Berserker asks, why do people bother putting absurd buy it nows on eBay? And is it worth trying to negotiate a real price with these assholes? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one I learned is because that auctions expire and uh, sometimes people are just like moving their inventory. So it's like a way of inventory inventory control so it doesn't get removed from their stores. And then they will adjust the prices later uh, because they're like maybe they're like on a break or whatever. So they just put like super high prices, but also visibility. So also some of it is marketing. Like if it's a super expensive game, they like toss it up there and like, oh, like, you know, they're they're just pushing an agenda of games are super valuable and uh, they're trying to do it. Should you negotiate with people? I think it comes to a case-by-case basis, but uh, 90% of the time I'm going to say, nope, nope, because those people aren't, they're, they're not acting in good faith, so they're probably not going to interact with you in good faith. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I don't negotiate with anyone, though, so what am I going to do there? Yeah. I think, uh, I would say the vast majority of the best deals I've ever got in terms of my collection are people mispricing buy it now. So it's usually going to be like a rare variant or a game that's unusually in good condition or complete, and people just price it right in the middle of what all the other copies are selling for, and I found it right when it got listed. So I think in general, putting a buy it now is pretty dumb. If you're just trying to sell something, if it's like a $50 game and you think your copy is just like, like all the other $50 copies, Start an auction at $40 and see what happens. And if two people figure out that your copy is, it's actually the super special copy and no one had any idea except for these two people and it goes up to $600, like you're never going to be able to to price everything with a buy it now if you don't know, if you're not like the expert on every item you're selling. I don't understand why anyone uses a buy it now. It's crazy to me. The, why, just If you're going to sell it for $50, just put it up for 50 bucks. Stop, stop telling people. Auctions. Stop it's ridiculous. Why do people use buy it now? So also, think- buy it now is with best offers initially. Man, I love getting in when it's got a buy it now or best offer, and then I best offer for less than their buy it now and get. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> Those are my deals. That's where I find my best deals. Stop it. But the the people who put absurd prices, I think they're basically trying a, a Dutch auction. And does eBay let you do this? I think eBay does this automatically. Um, oh wait, no. I think this they used to do it automatically, but I think they might have removed this. But basically, they'll list something that is worth maybe like $100, and they'll put it up for 1000 and then they'll keep lowering it to 950 900 850 Because theoretically, if you're finding the price like that, you are getting most they are willing to pay, and you only need one buyer. Whereas in eBay's auction style, I forget what kind of auction uh, eBay auctions are, uh, but you're, you're paying, you know, one cent more than the second highest buyer. So I, you know, I bid like $100 on things all the time. Like that fucking Sims disc that I bid $91 on, I won that for like $6 shipped or something. If that was, if they were doing the lower the price thing, I might have hit the trigger when it got to like $65 or something. So I think that uh, when you're trying to find a price, a Dutch auction, a Dutch auction where you just lower the buy it now uh, might be the best way to uh, find the highest price. So that's why people yeah. do that. Yeah, I for, I forgot about that, but yeah, that definitely occurs. Good point. But okay. dude, guys, keep keep putting those buy nows and super low starting prices, and I need that. Yeah, all right, we'll save uh, we'll save some stuff for later, Johnny. What are you buying? Yeah. What are you playing? 
okay, what am I what am I buying? Uh, I'm gonna start with what I'm playing. Hey, I'm playing Lego Star Wars. Hey, hey, uh, the new the one, Skywalker. Yeah, I'm also playing some Kirby with my son. Uh, he so he figured out how to work the Switch, and now all he wants to do is play Kirby. It's ridiculous. He just wants to play Kirby, and then Tell- he like completes a level, and I'm just like. You're three and a half. Should you be completing Kirby levels? Is Kirby this easy? Uh, also, I, I found that I like Kirby. Like the the Kirby power ups and stuff are kind of cute, kind of fun. So yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Kirby with my son because he gets stuck. And he's like, he's like, Dad, I want out of here. That's what he tells me when he's stuck. It's like I want out of here. I'm like, all right, let me let me help you. Tell him Kirby's a kid's game. Sit him down with Elden Ring. Tell him you yeah. can't you can't play Kirby until you can beat this game. So every time I'm playing Elden Ring, I'm like, I want out of here. I want out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time. But, I'm, but no one comes to help me. You have a chance to start your kid as like, because kids will just sit down and, and do something until they figure it out. So if you start him on Elden Ring... And that's the only game you let him play. Like he'll just have to play that until he fucking figures yeah. it out. And then he's going to be yes. a video game fucking master by the time he's six. Yeah, that that's <laughs> uh, that's what called growing up in the eighties with video games was. <laughs> already already did that. Uh, it was fine. It was great. I have a different perspective on games now. But uh, yeah, he's three and a half. He's playing Kirby. Like it, it's fine. He like he, he the fact that he can like pick up the switch, turn it on, knows how to go and dock it so it can charge. That's all impressive to me. Knows how to like navigate through the home screen, get to Kirby, which is weird because he's got like an iPad and I figured like all kids will just want that. But he really loves the sensory input of joysticks. Like I'm like, oh man, people still like joysticks. That's weird. Yeah, it's been, it's been cute. And uh, he like, he sits down with me, like I'll be playing Lego Star Wars and he wants to play that too, but he always wants to just be BB-8. So that's annoying. Um, Why is that annoying? BB-8 is great. Yeah, BB-8 is great, but I'm like trying to like trying to complete level. He's like, dad. BB-8. I want to be BB-8. My turn. My turn. Daddy. Daddy, I want to turn. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm not actually mad. It's, it's fucking adorable. And like one of the moments I've been waiting for, uh, it's like the re- one of the reasons you have kids, the moments you're waiting for, I'm like, ah, oh, it's finally happening. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I've been playing. It's, it's been kind of great. What have I been buying? Well, Tyler, if you want to know what I've been buying, you might have seen some of my uh, Instagram posts. Probably not because you haven't been on Instagram. But uh, I've been buying movie ticket variants, Tyler. Yeah! Yeah, buddy. Woo! PS2 movie ticket variants. Hey, do you care about Bolt on the PS2? Oh, man, Bolt, the hit Disney movie that everyone remembers the plot to? Yeah, you know what's <laughs> hilarious about that? My son likes Bolt. How but does he your only son likes- know what Bolt is? Because we show him cartoons. so But he only likes the beginning where Bolt has superpowers and is being like a super dog. When, when Bolt, the reality, he's like, oh, this part isn't interesting. What they need to do is make a Bolt movie where, where Bolt is the actual super pup. Because it's basically Paw Patrol. Uh, if you don't know what Paw Patrol is, God, you're lucky. But my son loves fucking Paw Patrol. And uh, he just likes dogs because we have a dog. So he's always like, he's always telling me he's playing Paw Patrol with our dog. <laughs> it's It's adorable. Anyways, um, so yeah, B-movie game, you care about that? How about uh, X2? So this was a, a cool thing I did. I bought three movie ticket games, and guess what, Tyler? They all featured Hugh Jackman. How, go- how cool is that? So cool, Johnny. They, they, it was awesome. They all came on the same day, too. Like, in my mail, I got X2, Van Helsing, and... Um, uh, these, what's these it called movies. and over the hedge yeah which all have Hugh Jackman in them 
It's great. Uh, I also bought a Mega Man Four for the Game Boy. I guess if you care about such things. I mean that that's way cooler than uh, than Van Helsing with a ticket. To- you know, you know, it, it really wasn't though. Like, you know, I got more joy out of the Van Helsing, I think, than the Mega Man. What? So you buy you're buying Game Boy games like complete in box. You're still like picking away at that kind of stuff. That that's like a huge purchase compared to your games. You probably spent nine dollars average on a PS2. Yeah, I've yeah, it, it is like that. They're all like shipped. They're all between like ten and twelve dollars. Um, 15 at the max for these games. Uh, so yeah, no, I bought this Mega Man because I have all the other Mega Man games, uh, for Game Boy. So I have one, two, three, and five. And I'm just like, it's one of these things that's been bothering me for a long time. And I found what I would call a deal at like a gross amount of money, uh, like $800. So, um, yeah, it was gross. I, I felt bad. Didn't feel good about it, but uh, it was one of these things I've been like meaning to rip the bandaid off of and just do. So I did it and I sold uh, a game for like $180 that I just like wound up with an extra of or $170 that I wound up with an extra copy of. It's exactly what I paid for it uh, three years ago, but I, I wound up with an extra. So I, I got rid of that. I was like, fine, I have a little extra. I'm just going to do this. It doesn't feel as bad because I sold this one thing, but, and I had like $75, uh, in eBay bucks and then like credit card, eBay card points to put at it. So I did that to all make it feel better and it still felt terrible. I mean, those Game Boy Mega Man games are pretty cool. They got some some nice box art, cool series. I want them. I'm never, they're so expensive now, especially like four and five. I don't think I own any of the Game Boy Mega Man games. I think I own uh, Dr. Wily's Revenge and that's it. But, uh, this is a pretty cool series, Johnny. Yeah, I think I actually think I'm wrong. I think I don't own the correct version of Mega Man 2. I think I only have the greatest hits version. I have to go double check. I think I no. bought both of them, but like Mega Man 2 isn't that bad to have to go get. But man, remember how long have I been talking about Mega Man 4? If you go back and you listen to old episodes, if you go back to probably when Tyler was newish on the podcast, I was talking about this one Mega Man auction, like how they were closing for like, I don't know, 200 bucks or something. And then one went for $1,000 or like $600, something insane. And I was just like, what the hell happened? I've been tracking these auctions for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And this one went crazy. Do you remember that moment, Tyler? Do you remember us talking about that a long time ago? Uh, was, yes, this was a very long time. This was four years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's how long I've been watching this stupid game. And finally, like, like I just, I, I've been worn down by time. And so I'm just, fu- fuck it. I'm just doing this. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm happy for you. I mean, you're, you have a pretty crazy Game Boy collection. I'm sure this it, was a I gaping mean, it, hole. Having not having one of the Mega Man games. Uh, it, it didn't feel good. All them, all Mega Man games are stupid. Like if you look on the Game Boy Color, has like the most reasonable Mega Man games. There's only, but if you go to like GBA, there's like 14 Mega Man games. It's awful. Uh, maybe it's not quite that. The DS, it's awful. They're like, hey, you want Mega Man ZXY Superstar Pegasus Green version? You're like, not really. Uh, like, what about on the GBA? You want the you want uh this game? It's like XSYZQR26 Blue. There's also a red, but uh, you know, blue has the com chip in it. You want that? It's five hundred dollars. <laughs> It's like, no, I, I, I don't want to spend, so I'm like, 
before I spent money on those Mega Man games, I decided I should complete the the OG Game Boy one first. Johnny, I don't even have the first six Mega Man games in NES. Oh, well, what you should be doing is finding that uh, the Capcom variant of uh, Mega Man I'm, 6. I think that's one of the things I have a save search for that I just never get a hit on. Um, uh, I'll send you a picture of mine so you can be sad about it. All right. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a I don't have a Mega Man five and six complete in box, and I'm sure they're like two hundred dollars each now, if not fucking more. Let me go look Probably up Mega Man more. five real quick. What do you think Mega Man five costs? I'm gonna say it's six hundred dollars. Holy shit! What the fuck? How much is a Mega Man five, Johnny? For a GBA or no or for I'm NES? To... I'm gonna say six hundred dollars. It's like six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. What All the right. fuck? I had no yeah. idea. What? Why Mega is Man it so 5 expensive? Was always, Mega Man I know 5 was it's always, always expensive. expensive. What does six cost? Six is like probably way cheaper. 400. Right? Probably going to be 400. That's water graded, whatever. No, it's like a couple hundred bucks, which okay. is like fine. You know, with 2022, I'm expecting that. I had no idea Mega Man 5 was up to like almost $700. All right, fuck that. Well, that, that, <laughs> that does not add $700 to my collection. Um, so I'm fine not owning that. Sorry. I got too many other things to get, Johnny, than to fill all these random holes. All right, so what what are you playing? What are you buying? Uh, I'm playing Riven, the sequel to Mist, and not even a lot of that. And then I also, uh, I didn't want to start Riven on my iPad, because sometimes, you know, I'm just in bed, and I don't want to go over to my computer to play Riven. Like, my whole Riven setup, I've got, like, notes to the right of me, and my iPad, and I'm drawing maps and notes to the left of me, and then I'm playing on my screen... Uh, like I'm, I'm getting into this, and I can't do that in bed. I'm playing the series uh, called Xon, X O N, and it's sort of like a Mist version, uh, kind of like a Mist-like game for iOS, except really bad. So if you want to play like a five out of ten Mist on iOS, go check out the Xon series. No, no thanks. <laughs> what have I been buying, Johnny? Johnny, all right. Let's see. I think I got, I got three things I could talk about. So not, not like I'm not talking about things, but three interesting things. I got Amnesia: The Dark Descent on PC. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't call it a cult horror game. It's more of a popular horror game. But I'm pretty sure the only hmm. physical release of that is on PC. Really? Uh, so that's kind of neat. To my list. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't even like Amnesia. The, what are there? Oh no, that is. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. This is this is one of those moments where I think. Um, realizing that a game i thought was one game is actually two games oh my god the penumbra and the amnesia games are different oh no okay so there's this horror series on pc called penumbra and i think there are three of them and i don't like them and i've never played amnesia that which is another horror series because i thought they were the same series anyway so i just realized i bought a game that i've never played all right uh Johnny, I did I ever talk about the Nimchamp token explicitly on Collector's Quest? I I, I think don't I, know. I brought you it up in passing. I definitely talked to people about it like you, but um I think I brought it up in passing, but I didn't mention it when I first bought it because my token had a little uh spot on it. And you're not supposed to clean coins. So I wanted to upgrade mine before I talked about it, because I did not want to give anyone the idea to buy this before I upgraded mine. Uh in 1939 there was a uh, mechanical computer that played the game NIM at the 1939-1940 World's Fair in New York. Uh, it, if you don't know, NIM is a game where you start with like a certain number of things 
and you could choose to take away either one or two of those things, and whoever takes away the last one wins or loses. So it's a very algorithmic game, very easy to program a computer to play it optimally. Can you tell me the secret of it? Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Sorry. And if you were able to beat this computer who's algorithmically playing Nim, you got a token that says Nim Champ on it. And the only reason I wanted this is because uh, the Nimitron, it's it's almost this this token is almost one of the earliest predecessors to video game paraphernalia that is possible to own because the Nimitron, it wasn't a video game, but it was a computer game in a time essentially before the idea of computer games existed. Like before Nimitron, there was like some theoretical chess algorithms and things like that. But this was one of the very first computer games, and this token is something that you could win from it. And I think that is super cool. Uh, and me me and Joe, you see me and Joe. If you guys don't know who Joe is, he's the Fleo. You might know him as Power Players or VG Lobby from back in the day. He's a huge NES collector, but me and him go way into video game history, and we always take video game history back to Stick and Rock, which are... The first games that ever existed were playing with sticks and rocks, and you always have to go back that far because you're not going back far enough unless you go to stick and rock. Uh, but Nimitron is somewhere on that spectrum, so owning a token from that, uh, I just think is super cool. This is pretty cool. And then, Johnny, the best thing I got is Wing Commander Special Edition, Johnny. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so In the film case? No, Wing Commander 1, not Wing Commander 3. Oh. So there was a, an origin, an ex-origin employee in the, in the PC group. He's like, hey, I've got like fucking everything related to Wing Commander because I'm super cool. It's all on eBay right now. And one of the things he had was Wing Commander Special Edition, which we've recently mentioned on this show. So this wasn't in our limited edition episode. And then we had some errata that like, oh, this might've been before the Ultima six limited edition. So basically in 1990, if you pre-ordered wing commander directly from origin, uh, Chris Roberts would sign the game. Who's the guy who made wing commander and it would come with a hat and it comes with a little note. That's like, Hey, you've got the wing commander special edition. You are a super cool guy. Um, and it came with the uh, the little receipt, and the receipt says Wing Commander LE on it, which cements it as a real limited edition, Johnny. That's um, pretty cool. So anyway, I bought the pre-order version of Ultima 6, which was signed by Lord British. And so this game signed by Chris Roberts uh, that came with the hat, I bet the hat's pretty hard to find. Uh, I paid almost double for this one. So I was, someone is really sad that they didn't win this, but you know what, Johnny? You're I'm really the happy best. that you did. Yeah, you I did sure it. am. <laughs> you did uh, it, buddy. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty happy about that. You know what? Because I, another thing, I gave Stefan uh, that, that copy of that random game that was signed by uh, Richard Garriott, and that might have had a Chris Roberts signature on it, but now I got my own Chris Roberts signature on it, so you I don't have to worry it. about it. That's if I knew that that thing that. that I sent Stefan had both a Richard Garriott and a Chris Roberts signature on it, I definitely would have bought that. <laughs> You're like I would I would curse myself and uh not have done that for him. Uh absolutely. Oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm jumping on that. If you guys don't know who Chris Roberts is, yeah, he made uh the Wing Commander games and now he's the guy who is uh squandering Star Citizen, which has been in development hell for like 10 years. 
Oh, good. But but it's made probably half a billion dollars or something. So it's financially successful game that's never coming out. True. True, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for me. You did it. Hey. Woo. Woo. We did it. All right. Uh, I guess then that's it for the show, Tower. We did it. We did a show. I guess we did. It's a morning show. All right. I know. It's Weird morning, morning show. It is. Cool. Uh, it's not even noon here yet. Weird. All right. Um, Tyler, where can the people find you? I don't know. I guess oh. Instagram or video game stage or Discord. I'm default gen default G-E-N. Just send me a private message somewhere and we can talk about video games. And um, before you can find me, you should really find yourself. Remember that. Uh, you're on your own journey. No, I'm just I'm kidding. You can find me on our Patreon. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Johnny underscore Ayuchi. And uh, that's pretty much it. I check into the video game stage once in a while, once in a, once in a brief m- moment. Now that it's video game stage again and not video game stages, um, I can I feel like I can go back. But uh, yeah, that's it. Tyler, thanks for hanging out with me this morning and doing this show. And everybody else, thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show in all the ways you do. We really appreciate it. I don't say it enough. And all of our Patreons, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, putting money at, at this to, to ensure that we keep doing it. And uh, we hope you feel like it, it's been worth it. We, we super appreciate like uh, the discord is so good. I, I love our discord so much and everyone who's in there. And I, I love all the listeners of our show and uh, just validating the, this nerdy hobby we have. So uh, thanks. I, I forget sometimes just take a moment to say thank you to everyone and just let you know how thankful I am for everything. So that's it on that note. I hope you guys all have a good day. Bye. That is our show. We didn't even get into some of the other stuff I wanted to talk about, like just meticulously documenting your collection, just sitting down, documenting every insert, or even just like getting super nice upgrades for something that's really not worth a lot. Like if your copy of Halo, if you just upgrade every single component of that to make a 10 out of 10 copy of Halo by combining three copies of Halo, what's that going to cost you? 25 bucks? There are ways to appreciate things that do not cost a lot of money. Anyway, I don't know if we're going to get a lot of feedback on this episode, but the last episode, we sure got a lot of people telling us, or at least commenting that we didn't include the GameCube or that we chose the PS2 over the GameCube. And I get it. I get that the the GameCube is definitely hotter than the PS2 overall right now, but I mean... It's the most popular console of all time. It feels inevitable that in the annals of history, PlayStation 2 will be a more collectible console. Anyway, we're going to do a GameCube episode eventually, probably soon, so I'm sorry if we picked PS2 over GameCube. We're definitely biased. Thank you to 8-Bit, 8-Bit.Bandcamp.com, like the monkey. He does our intro music. And thank you to the patrons, Richard Patron number one, Bowden, Canadian Variant Alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jacksvick, High End Collector, Andrew Brim, Greeting Stranger, I'm not surprised to see Andrew Shelton around here, 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre, Video Games Were Meant to Be Slab, Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky, Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, The Strictly Limited, Super Rare, Bruno, Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, Too Many NES Access, Too Many NES Accessories, 
Morozek, Johnny CBA hookup, copy with Mr. Saturn, playing with power, Connor Strange, the last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, unpunched hang tab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, another vinyl collector, Grizzly X-Bear, the actual Shinobi, just Sonic the Kid, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, Joseph Garris, he's just out there having a good time achieving his goals, proud of you. The Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo, that's the Joe we're always talking about. Lance, Lord Hardstyle Z, The Degenerate, Matt Fall, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here. Nicholas, Mad Dog, McCree, DiMaggio, Funkoland employee, Platform Agnostic, Red the Game Shark, The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast, they can be Ghosts and Goblins twice, Sheffish, Sean, the Gamer Collective, the Newcraft, who beat Mega Man without the pause trick, previously unknown variant, Tim Walker, from the internet, Todd Fisher, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, The Willennium, Will Joe, Keeper of the Zelda variant, ZeroX Def Code, previous game collector, Adam Cavanaugh, getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't, all caps, he's definitely not mad that we picked PS2 over GameCube. No gods or kings, only Andy Lancaster. What a 9.8, A++ Benji, the actually rare bird dog gaming. Dropping the Mario 64 penguin off the map, Brandon Chalker, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. No one gets that joke anymore. Christopher Piper, still shaking from what he found at Goodwill, still finding deals in 2022. Colton Murphy, a winner is him, David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Don Libby, the hero of time, Double Ugly presents Double Ugly, the official game of the movie, actually understands the Zelda timeline, Jeff Pierce, Jeff the Game Boy Ferris, he is ever, Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk, Joe actually plays his game, Champ Pity, video game art collector, because video games are art, Justin Chichio, Lateral Movement, who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up, Michael, posting in the Discord right now, Chiara Monty, Nancy Hollenbach, Pro Skater, Nick the Video Game Database, Morgan, Homebrew Mastermind, Divertov, the other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games, I know, we're probably not doing, are you the one who re recommended we do an episode on Korean or Brazilian games? I don't think we have the expertise. I, we can figure it out, but it's gonna be a while. Dungeon Master, Reed Stubenick, The Promoter, Retro RPG Podcast, Tom Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, Zaventorian, he knows all 97 Nintendo games, 32 bits or less, do the math! Andrew actually collecting Engage O, Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president, Chesno, all your base are belong to him, Colby, he is Sinistar, Corhagen does what Nintendo don't, Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon, the modern database, Danny Gomez, he knows everything, the philatelist dork overlord, my childhood PlayStation idol, game-rave.com, Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon, collector of everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, video game console modding guy, MP3, Sam, Sega Mark III Marks, Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix, and Hegemon of the Geek Empire, Valdor the Great. Thank you guys so much.